was out there in the big city. All you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Ritz. It's a special for the Warriors. That's that real live bunch from Coney. And I do mean the Warriors. Here's a hit with them in mind. Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country are you from? What? what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, and hopefully its listeners. I'm your host tonight, Hydroberg, and joining me are my co-hosts, Roberto, resident cinematic archaeologist. What's up, Rob? Hey there, hey there, boppers. Ready to go down to Coney Island? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? And the cast's very own NES Slayer, Kinetic Onslaught. What's up, fellas? Yeah, 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 yeah. What up, what up, what up? Good what to see up? you guys. Nice. You guys ready to talk all things the Warriors? Oh, hell yeah, I am. And Yeah, this movie's freaking awesome. Can't wait to talk about it. All right. Yeah, we're talking the Warriors from 1979. It is my pick. Have either of you fellas seen this film before? Nope. Nope. Never seen it. Double. Nice. Double bubble. (laughs) Nice. That's what we call a double bubble right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, this was a. For whatever reason, I don't know why I never watched this movie. I didn't. I actually, I, I, I knew of the video game uh, that was on PS2, which apparently is really Pretty popular tight. and it was. It's, was fun. it's got co-op, couch co-op. Yeah, and the uh, a lot of the old uh, voice actors reprised their role to for that movie or for the game. So it's pretty yeah. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, never seen this. I, I'm glad we uh, we're talking about it. I feel like this film probably lives in people's minds, whether they know they've seen it or not, because there's all these iconic scenes and quotes from it, clips that yep. they might have heard either in music or just heard in pop culture, other pop culture or whatever. Yep, exactly. That's like I uh, I hadn't seen it, but yeah. I was obviously very familiar. Same kind of thing. Video game. And then, you know, the classic classic quotes come out to play, you know, all that shit like, yeah. Definitely familiar, there. heard of it, but hadn't seen it beginning to end. So, yeah, this was dope. All right, cool. Nice. I, I like I like being able to get both you guys to. Yeah. Uh, I expanded two horizons today. So that's right. That's, yeah. I'm doing the Lord doing the Lord's work. You, know? you are doing your Lord's work. work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, so I picked this film and for me, I picked it because it's just always it's always been like a throwback gem, in my opinion. I think it's. um. It's a movie of its time, and I think it's a good thrill ride that encapsulates uh, like late 70s, early 80s sort of New York, even though it's sort of like a fictional sort of version of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically Coney Island, I thought they do a good job, too, of just like the shots of Coney Island and everything kind of bring that that warmness, but also cold look to Coney Island that uh, you got from the 80s, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is this is another one of those like kind of time capsule movies of the seventies New York. I mean, we have Taxi Driver, The French Connection. You have Taking a Pelham One Two Three. You throw this in there, and it just 
this is one of those movies that you wouldn't quite be able to like kind of recapture like at least as far as the yeah look i don't think you'd be able to remake this film because be like, i don't know yeah. it'd be tough no it, well one they shouldn't but i'm just saying if like you were trying to create something like this like a 70s new york thing like i don't mm-hmm. think you could recapture this because it just doesn't look like that anymore it doesn't exist like that anymore yeah i mean with cgi i'm sure they could but i just think yeah do like this film just totally just i don't know it's imprinted like at the timestamp of when it's taking place and when it's being filmed and it just like yeah. i don't know it's oozes that for some, it's really good aesthetically too yeah like well so just before we start the warriors is based off of the 1965 novel of the same name uh by sol yurik uh, which is based off of a uh, uh, Xenophon's Anabasis, uh, something I have not read, unfortunately. But it sounds like something I would want to read. Uh, it sounds like something you add to your bath, you know, if you have like a little skin yeah. you add some Xenophon's Anabasis in there. And then <laughs> <it'll>... <laughs> so Xenophon was a uh, Greek, a professional Greek soldier. And uh, it talks about um, this army of Greek mercenaries that were trying to help seize the throne of Persia. And like I said, I've never I've never read either the book, the the warriors, the book or uh, Xenophon's Anabasis to, uh, you know, for context. But uh, apparently it does kind of like match up quite well. Mm. And our our main characters are trying to get to the sea where they feel like they can better defend or uh, attack where they need to. Yeah. With the sea to their backs. Right. Yeah. So kind of a kind of an interesting I I had no idea how deep that this movie was, but I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I was sure that they had captured some sort of um, uh, inspiration from was Lord of the Flies. Really? Yeah, because well, think about it. None of these guys are adults outside of. I don't think that. I mean, I don't know. They all look. They're young adults. Like I mean, I mean, they're all they're all played by adults, though. I feel like yeah, they, true. So they look but adult, I, but it, it they're supposed to be youth. True. Like most most of these gangs are all supposed to be like youths. It looks like to me. Uh, yeah, it, that's the, it. Felt like Lord of the Flies to me. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I wouldn't. I didn't pick any of that up, but um, I mean, I I could see the argument there. I guess uh, in a sense, I get it. Like. They're all just like younger kids kind of without, um, you know, any adults. Well, and they have to pass a contract. Right around. So yeah, there's sort of like a fight for power a little bit. A, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you want you want to drop the spoiler warning and kind of really get into. Yeah, let's do it. Film uh, spoiler warning. Meow, 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 whatever. It's, uh, <laughs> we don't have a bump. So there it is. Spoiler warning. Uh, <laughs> That's the bump every time now. Fuck that. Yeah, I just cut that out and I'll make that our bump. I'll play. There it, it is. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'll give us a quick synopsis here. A street gang known as the Warriors must fight their way from the Bronx to their home turf on Coney Island, where they are falsely accused of assassinating a respected gang leader. Mm hmm. Dude, I have a great story I would love to tell you guys. Let's do it. So we had episode one, Cobra. Uh There was a character in there that uh, I was completely blown away that I did not recognize that was Shao Kahn, right? Mm -hmm. Main enemy in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Well, look at this cinematic archaeology coming right back around, dude. In this movie, who do we got but the young Thunder God himself? and Mortal Kombat Annihilation in this film. Same thing. I'm sitting there watching this like, where the fuck do I know this guy from, bro? 
It's driving me crazy the whole movie. All of a sudden it clicks. And I'm like, oh my God, this was the replacement Raiden in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, dude. This is... Which yeah, one, James, Michael Beck James, or what's his name? James Raymar. Oh, James, James Raymar, yes. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, John, John, I feel like you're reading right off my notes because I was like, oh, that's right. He was in uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I was like, oh, John, you're going to remember this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I just yeah. tie everyone back to Mortal Kombat. These movies the that Mortal Kombat want to be known for. Yeah. Uh, like right away, we get this just brilliant score for this film. Like this like rock synth thing that's going on. Uh, yeah, the composer. It. So the composer for this is uh, Barry. Uh, and I think this is the first one of the first times I'm bringing up like the composer to a film. Because, well, actually, I did bring up Ennio Morricone for Fistful of Dollars. But. This guy, Barry uh, Devorzon, um, he's done a ton of like famous uh, film scores. He's also like a, a rock producer and stuff like that. But he did films like Rolling Thunder, Night of the Creeps, and The oh, Exorcist, wow. and Exorcist Three. He I was, love Night of the Creeps. Yeah, so he was the composer for the uh, for those movies. Um, he also helped co-write the song that uh, Joe Walsh from the Eagles sings at the end of the movie. Oh, that makes sense, though, because like we get the opening shot of the Wonder Wheel, which mm, chef's kiss. At night, yeah, it's like and then that we get the title card of the Warriors. And you said like that synth score starts like kicking in. Yeah, and the title cards dripping and it's with blood, it looks like. Right. Or it could be like dripping graffiti. Also, mm-hmm. I think it's a gra- like, I think it's meant to be graffiti, yeah. like graffiti that looks like blood. Right. And we get like the scary synth music kicks in, which I do really like. I feel like this film comes off. A little bit like a horror flick at first, the way yeah. it's shot. You know, it's like the the cold, dark uh, shot of the Wonder Wheel, and then just like that, bing. The way the synth kind of so kicks in. Initially, this movie was supposed to start in the day. Uh, them, mm. there's supposed to be like some like interaction with the warriors. Kind of, uh, you have like uh, the leader, uh, uh, Cleon, who was supposed to be like kind of hanging out with his girl, which was uh, Sydney Poitier's daughter, and there was this whole thing. And they realized it's like, nah, this movie has to like start at night and we're going to cut all that shit out. It's like, which was the smart idea, actually. Yeah. I, I yeah, like that. That definitely would have been a different vibe. That's like, kind yeah. of the, I like the cool, that the whole, the movie's really good. Right. And it's just that beginning setup is just so perfect. It's like them all talking like, Hey, yo, we got a truce. We're heading down to this shot, blah, blah, blah. And then you just see all the different gangs coming and this. Yeah. Like, like the it's, way it's just cut. the ultimate nightlife movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the costume is, design no, absolutely. The movie is so good. Yeah. Cause we get, we get Cleon like who's talking first to his Lieutenant, like his next down uh, Swan. Right. Yep. Yeah, and like what we we ain't got no business going to the Bronx. Like we never been there, you know what I mean? He's like, no, we got to go represent because Cyrus is calling a meeting. So it's almost like this has never been, you know, nobody. It's just unheard of, kind of getting ever all these gangs together like this anyway. Um, right. Yeah, and like you said, then we see the other gang members talking to each other too. Like, oh, what are we? You know, what's Cleon getting us into? What are we doing? You know, get kind of getting pumped up to do it. And like you said, the um, just the uh, <laughs> it's weird because uh, Cyrus is kind of played as this like guru in everybody's eyes. He's sort of like. I don't know. He's like, uh, you know, like a big muckety muck. But when you see him, he sort of plays it off like a guru. He's very influential. So everybody listens to him in some way. They all have respect Can for him. you dig it. Yeah. But yeah. You, you said that just the film automatically sets us up with this like gritty New York City sort of vibe. Love like, it. it. It attains it so effortlessly. It feels like it just like works. Yeah. It's just part of the entire vibe of the film for me. 
totally. yeah when uh when james remar who plays ajax when he was doing like research uh on like kind of the film because uh the idea was all the actors were new york actors and uh James Remar was hanging around Tony Island for a while and he kind of met some people say, Hey, well, what are the, who are the type of people who like live in this area? And he was talking to like some carnival bark or whatever. It's like this guy just like kind of flexed his arms, like the worst kind. Yeah. yeah like, almost <laughs> like, po- like pointing to himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's funny. I saw that little interview, but yeah, uh, no, I mean, I think Remar does a pretty good job at blending in with the other actors though, as far as being like a New York tough, yeah, I, you know, I was trying to think like there's really a lot of the actors here. Uh, if this is this, a lot of them, this is their first role. And in some cases, this is their only famous role. Some did, you know, either uh, one of them died not long after this film. Yeah. Some didn't really have like the big Hollywood credits. You know, some did TV and all that stuff like James Remar probably. And uh, yeah, Thomas G. Waits, who plays Fox. Those two probably have the most like uh, Luther, uh, David Patrick Kelly. This is his first film also. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. done a bunch of stuff since then. He's always kind of played. He's in the crow oh, as well. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't <clears throat> I didn't realize this, but the guy who plays Luther, yeah, uh, David Patrick Kelly, who plays Luther, he was um, the cleanup guy in John Wick. Yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. How did I just I how did I miss that? I was that like, was that awesome. guy was so familiar. The guy with the, the job, the, John? come in and clean up the bodies. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy who ran the like the cleaners. He's like head cleaner. Yeah, and like Michael Beck has a a long career, but it's it looked like he did, mostly did a lot of TV after this. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I saw too. A I was lot of TV. I was like, I, I he look he has that like familiar look, you know. And I was like, I I feel like I know this guy from something. And yeah. I went back and looked at his credits, and I was like, I've, I've never seen any of this shit. I have no. You idea. might have just seen it. Pay. Like he's got just a ton of shit in the background, like TV yeah. stuff, like Law and so, Order. So funny how he got casted was. The director Walter Hill was attempting to get Sigourney Weaver into the film. Yeah, and uh, there was this film that she had done in Israel, and Michael Beck was also in that film, and he was really impressed by what uh, Michael Beck had done. So he's like, "Oh wow, let's get." Uh, they, he couldn't end up getting Sigourney Weaver because I think she ended up doing Alien, which was you know. Uh, what I what it sounded like to me was like they they viewed that movie and they viewed the footage of her in that movie and thinking that she would be good for Ripley. And then in seeing her in there, they also saw oh, his you performance. Know, that's, and okay, that's, that's right. Ended that's up right. them saying, well, we can get you in this uh, Warriors movie or whatever or something like that. that. You know what? That's right. Because Walter Hill was also the producer for the Alien. Oh, Alien, yeah. That's okay. I was trying to, th- I thought maybe that they were trying to get Sigourney Weaver for the uh, part of Mercy, which would have been. Really- no, no. They were looking at footage of Sigourney in context to get her, you know, for casting of Alien at the time. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense actually. And then viewed that movie who happened to have Michael Beck in there also. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, they were looking at Sigourney Weaver, but then they found Michael Beck as well for this movie. Yeah, it was like, it just happened, you know, but it was a two for one, if you will. And I'm surprised that he didn't get more of leading roles though, because I thought he's pretty strong in this uh, Dude, he he takes over the gang from Cleon. When yeah. Cleon gets downed. Um, and he's got that nice, clean, white man look. I thought yeah, he, he would have thrived, dude. In this time frame, especially, yeah. Right. Yeah, he's, uh, like uh, James Remar did eventually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, so we got, obviously, we have the uh, the conclave is being called. There were, so we were getting a little bit of exposition as to, like, you know, it's, we got to come. We uh, No one's packing. You know, we're all, you yeah, know. No weapons. 
and you then you kind of get a little bit of a view of like how all the characters are like who who they are as people just like in this little snippet like you you can tell yeah, the because Ajax is you see dick. all the different uh groups as they're coming down to yeah. the enclave and the then our the group super, also yeah the superfly gang the mime gang i love know? the like the very the, like some of the gangs just look like realistic bank gangs and then you can see like there's some themed ones too that are a little like okay and that lends to the comic book nature that apparently uh the director was sort of going for yeah at the time um Uh, but yeah so then obviously we but what i do like real quick sorry rob i love the way intercut with that is the back of the subway car train just going down the subway and we keep cutting to that and we're getting like the credits coming out of it like i just love the visual styling oh yeah the opening, the first 15 minutes of this film is like super awesome. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, you get everything you need to know about the characters and their personalities pretty much right away in this like five, 10 minute segment of like just the, some of the dialogue and some of like the, the interaction on the subway that they have together. Yeah. It's good. It, it sets up the film pretty well in the first like 10 to 15 minutes. We get an idea of like who, who we're, we're with and who they are. And like what's going on and where they're going. And that's like the catalyst, what sets up, you know? Yeah. The story. It's, yeah, it's great. Um, so we get to the conclave um, and we get uh, all, I mean, it's like they were thinking that no one was going to show up and all these gangs showed up. Like, I mean, everybody. Um, and so the, uh, the guy who plays Cyrus, that guy is a, a actor by the name of Roger Hill. And a uh, funny thing about this is that originally this was supposed to be played by an actual real life gang member that they had that they had uh, casted, yeah. who mysteriously disappeared right before filming they started. Couldn't, they couldn't find him. Yeah, so it's <laughs> oh, like, shit. yeah, it's like, so I think somebody disappeared his ass. <laughs> yeah, damn, that's wild. Yeah, but yeah, so we, like we said with the warriors, we do see like Cleon's talking to Rembrandt. He's telling Rembrandt, "When we get there, I want you to tag up some spots because they want to like post." We're like representing the warriors the were here, you know, and I, I you get the sense that they're like an up and coming, like smaller gang that's like new, you know what I mean? Trying to make a name for themselves. We see that Ajax is a hothead and yep. that Cleon's got to keep them down, you know, um, which is probably an all time, you know, all the all the time job to keep fucking that dude from getting in trouble. Yeah. And I just like like you said, it, we just get a great sense of like who everybody is right away. Um, And the film shows like the subway lines traveling to. The Bronx at this moment, and I like the way that they keep going back to the subway um maps for placement of because a lot of the film does take place on the on the subway system. So yeah, it also I actually dated like... a girl from uh, a woman from the Bronx for a while. Oh yeah, a couple years back, one summer. And, Did you take uh, the subway there? No, but I drove there a lot. But uh the spots that they show on the map, I'm familiar with from when I was out there, like Pelham Park and stuff like that. We used to go there, so. Nice. Yeah. Cool to see those real like it's cool to see that they've filmed on like real locations in this movie too yeah oh yeah they were very like um uh you know they were wanting to like yeah it's this is a new york movie we want uh new yeah, york. they were very adamant about keeping it that way and like even like even like the crew members couldn't be from like hollywood they had to get like guys who were like in the new york film world even in the cat because it's a different crew. beast i think to, right to and so like people who are like framing it, it's like we need to have, make sure that we have new york people framing new york in the way that we want it to be framed which yeah. i thought was you know it it's it seems like it'd be like oh, that's that seems a little crazy but no you just like i would if i'm wanting to make sure that los angeles is being framed in a certain way like 
people from Los Angeles would be able to capture the magic of that area. You you want people who live there who know what it, how to I do I think that. the DP or the lead cinematographer had said that it rained one. It's all supposed to take place at one night, but right that it rained really bad that one time. So they leave it in the film. It's in the film. It's meant to show like a hot sh- uh, shower, you know, at summertime, yeah. um, which does happen. But um, that for the rest of the film, they just kept it that way because it worked out because it made um, the ground wet, which soaks up, you know, you get all this cool lighting now when the ground's wet, where you yeah. get to see reflections of like the New York, you know, lighting and skyline totally. behind, uh, you know, these people and stuff whenever they're, you know, running around. So it all worked out aesthetically for the rest of the film. So we get the conclave. We should definitely talk about the conclave because that's like one of the most monumental scenes. And I think that's also one, one of the most like, like iconic scenes, even for people who don't know, who haven't seen this movie. I bet know that scene. Yeah. yeah. Given his speech to everybody. And he's like so charismatic. Um, he's just like this scene just plays perfectly. It worked out perfectly that the real guy that was supposed to play it didn't show up because this guy's way better. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows like how that would have turned out? Yeah, but I don't know. This guy like killed we got. The energy amongst the gangs like feels somewhat positive, like calm a little bit, except, you know, like Luther's out there. There's a few out there that are. But for the most part, everybody's kind of just I think being very attentive to what Cyrus has to say. Like, yeah, I think that everyone was waiting for a guy like Cyrus to come along. Yeah. And kind of because, it, uh, you know, you have all these rival factions and I think, it you know, when you're constantly at war, it's tiring. So when you have somebody who is a charismatic leader like a Cyrus, who and this is where I go to like this is Lord of the Flies, you now have one, the the one adult in this film is Cyrus, and Cyrus has a vision and can help guide these people to a better future for them. Yeah, so he wants the gangs to to stop fighting over their turf and kind of just hold down their small turfs because when you combine all these small turfs, we all have one big turf. And right. basically, there's enough of us to take control of the city and the crime syndicates, you know, the police and everything. We they would have to go through us. And you could see this crime syndicate wanting Cyrus dead if they got word of that, which it seems like that's possibly what's happening here. Uh, maybe why Luther did what he did, because we see Luther later on taking phone calls from some. Who is he taking phone calls? from? I don't know. Way. Like somebody who got him to murder Cyrus and stop yeah. his, you know, his movement that he was trying to put together. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like, um, and so we're we're actually, you know, I think, especially for me coming into this film, um, I was like, oh, we're getting like kind of this like, you know, really hopeful scene right at the beginning. It's like, how are they going to tear this away from me? Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. And you see like Luther, who uh, played by uh, David Patrick Kelly, um, he uh, is just has this crazy look in his eyes. I think he... Um, yeah, he looks unhinged. Yeah. And he's kind of broke the rules like no one was supposed to be packing and then so, this guy let's has... just real quick break down that scene did you see they're about to commit a murder did you see how many hands touched that gun like dude the whole gang's hands like they they handed it down the line and each person touched yeah. that gun with their fingerprints and then they handed it finally to the shooter it's like, like a shib in prison you know, it's yeah like, it's just funny though like if you're gonna leave that weapon somewhere like there's a ton of evidence all over it now but you know what's kind of funny? Like, uh, so I was I was gonna make this connection a little bit later, but so everyone has their. I think a a gun is something that they don't really have a whole lot of here. Like, it doesn't seem like these 
a lot of these different gangs have guns. Well, they, they not, were told not to bring them, so a ton of them don't even oh, have their weapons. Really. Well, I mean, like for the for the course of the movie, like we only see one gun in this whole thing, and that is by Luther. No, that's he, not true. We see the guns ladies, from the, the, the ladies, the Lizzie. Well, ladies, that's, okay, both, that's, you're two right, guns that's in true. there. The cops I, have I, guns. I was making I was making a little bit of a Yojimbo connection. He felt a little bit like um, Tatsuya Nakadai's character, the uh, the the gunman sam- samurai in Yojimbo, a little bit to me. I don't know about that, but there are some influences from uh, uh, what's it called, um, Kurosawa in this. Uh, that documentary you told me to watch. I saw some of it. They were talking about framing shots and stuff, uh, and they were the fights. They said go for the Kurosawa look, like kind of quick cuts and yeah, uh, kinetic action without showing the violence because they weren't trying to have too much blood. Because these fights do look brutal. They're stage brutal, like but they're meant to be like a dance almost. Yeah. Um, and they said, yeah, they were influenced by Kurosawa, sort of like go for that look that he does when he has fights in his movie. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. So there is a connection there, at least. But, but I, um, I thought it was uh, kind of weird. Like when when Luther does shoot uh, Cyrus, where does he shoot him from? Because it's it looks like he shot him in the like through the back. And then I like, thought he hit him in the chest, like up from front. Like, he OK, because I was it just like the way it was framed, like I would have. Yeah. It seemed like he was shooting him in the back. Well, there's then, several cuts, too, of like... Yeah. So we're seeing front, and then we're seeing a side cut here and there. I think it's so, to kind of show the crowd, like how much the, the crowd is around him. Right, from each angle. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Maybe it plays a little weird, like you can't locate... You're trying to think of Luther's location at that point. Because also Fox comes up and tries to get a, a closer look at the speech, I guess. And that's yeah. when he ends up seeing Luther commit the act. And the way he's like over... He's like behind Luther, I'm guessing, at that point. And at this point, also intercut, we're not, nobody knows, but the police are slowly rolling up. Right. To raid the place. They know someone got a tip and they're in, you know, they're coming in to bust the place down. And um, yeah, so that's all playing out. And then Luther rings out. I do like the scene, though. Like it plays in slow mo and the shot rings out really loud. Yeah. And just uh, chaos. And you, get, and you also get like a little bit of out. like the, the, the sound motif there, too, because it's like the juice. It's like it almost like yeah. echoes. Um, like you can hear the mechanics of the gun, like. <laughs> The gunpowder go off almost yeah so let's say like had fox not been there would you just blamed a different gang we, yeah, yeah i like, guess i think he went with the warriors mainly because fox was there yeah it's like because i'm i'm wondering like what obviously it was to assassinate cyrus but like i, I i'm still like you know that's the one thing it's is like, like to plan put, i don't know to kind of like put the patsy on somebody but also at the same time this dude just might have saw us mm-hmm. do this so he wants to Make sure, like, you know, cut that thread and make sure that, well, that hopefully this guy doesn't, you know, yeah, just don't a... talk to anybody. So if everybody starts trying to kill them, then, you know, that's taken, that problem's taken care of. I think it's a deeper message of uh, you don't want to be caught at the wrong place at the wrong time. Symbolism. <laughs> Symbolism. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then it's like all hell fucking breaks loose at this. Uh... Yeah, bro, chaos. Yeah. And, and the way that they did this, because they had hundreds of extras. I mean, it was... It, 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 they actually said like you know trying to wrangle all these people together was they're all kids crazy. from the street and shit yeah none of them were actors and so they would have like the essentially like this you know, they would take like a group of kids okay you're gonna run cl- this way and then like yeah, he said he would have would one group run, run counterclockwise and then the next larger group that surrounded them run the other way and and just keep yeah. kind of doubling that over and over again so that way, there's yeah. always just groups going opposite ways, but not necessarily bumping all into each other. But it still looks chaotic. Yeah, it works. And then, uh, you know, as the police are coming in, they're starting to do do their thing. 
you have like where Luther shouts out, it's like, it, there he is, the warrior. The warriors did it. Yeah, I saw like, it. The warriors. Yeah. Yes, like, he has like this. Like it's not like a whiny voice, but like he has like this. Like the shrill. It's, it's a shrill. Yeah. Yeah. Like but it, it works just, so good it, for his characters. It's so work. It really. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we see we see uh, Cleon. Luther blames Cleon directly, right? Like that's yeah. who he points to. Cleon himself, right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. And then the fights just start breaking out, and Cleon Cleon's kicking some ass here. Yes, he is. He's doing some like kung fu type shit. And speaking of kung fu, then he gets jumped by the kung fu brothers. Which That's right. uh, you find out those are the riffs, the the uh, Gramercy riffs, which are Cyrus's gang, which are the biggest gang in all of New. York. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> I think it's funny that uh, I I kind of like the look of the riffs. Like they have a kind of a they have yeah. kind of a cool look. They have like a Black Panther meets Kung Fu sort of vibe to them. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's like Like I said, I love the look. Yeah. I like there's different soldiers. They have like foot soldiers that look like Black Panther Party members. And then there's like Kung Fu type kind of dudes too. Yeah. The ones that have more like the Black Panther look are the leaders. Yeah. They look like, yeah. And then you have like kind of like the uh, the Kung Fu guys who are like more of like the foot soldiers. It's interesting. And they're like kind of because when you see when we see what's his name, Cyrus, too, he looks almost like he's wearing like a bathroom. It's like a kimono almost or something of that nature. Yeah, like, look like a fucking of... wrestler, dude. Like he was out there doing WCW on Monday night. He's talking like, yeah, he's <laughs> talking like he had the mic on one of those things. Can you dig it? So Cleon's detained, we take it, or he's killed. He gets killed. He gets I think killed. He gets killed. Yeah. You think so? Okay, because it's never really confirmed. He gets overwhelmed and then the cops are everywhere too so i wasn't sure whatever i figured he could have got busted or he could have gotten beaten up i thought maybe he got dragged away wait which character who are you talking about so the the original leader who's the leader of the warriors he's the the war chief uh, of the warriors and that's where uh uh swan takes over because he's second in command he's the uh oh so no so uh uh cleon's the warlord yep swan's the war chief and so he uh, uh, Swan ends up having to take over as they because the warriors do escape. Yeah, they do. They are able to escape and they're, you know, they're stranded in enemy territory and they're leaderless and they have to regroup. So they do in the cemetery, right? They get through the fence. Yep. When they get to yeah. the cemetery, um, they don't know whether the truce is still on or if, if anybody's going to honor it. So they don't know what it's going to be like. And they they don't know if they're going to have to, as they say, bop their way home, essentially yep. fight yeah. their way home. Uh, hopping trains and getting home and fighting, you know. Um, Ajax challenges Swan for power at this moment since Cleon isn't there, but he backs down. Uh, yeah. And so begins our story, basically, of how they make it back home to Coney Island. Like, that's the catalyst that kind of sets the rest of the story in motion, I feel like. Um, they're also wearing their colors, and so getting home is going to be really tough, you know? Yeah. Because right. they're going to stand out. People are going to know who they are. Uh, Yeah. Ajax is like he's like well I you know I'm good enough to be the leader like well who made you it's like dude he's the freaking like war chief like he's like Cleon is the one that put him in that position of course he's going to take over yeah, as leader he's the <laughs> one that Cleon would want in charge and we see why he's, yeah he's you know he's the most he's he's got like some of the best elements because I feel like he's got like the smart he's smart like Cleon I feel like was probably is as yeah. a leader too but also like bullish, like he can get it done. Like, you know, like Ajax is also kind of like, they're both kind of like two of the scrappiest dudes there. Ajax um, would have gotten Ajax the most because he's a hothead. Yeah, he is. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or Swan had the most of... leadership traits, right? Yeah. Like he knew when to 
Like, hey, everyone chill the fuck out. And he knew when it was like, hey, it's time to fucking mm-hmm. go. When to fight, when to back down and, and hide for a moment and like chill. Yeah, uh, you know, Swan played by Roadhouse rules. Be nice until it's time not to be nice. That's right. Yeah, no, and he's good. He was good in that role. Um, and it, like he, you could see the other guys look up to him too. You know, like they, they, you're in charge. Fine. They, they go right with it. You know. Yep. We get the Gramercy riffs after this. I guess back at like their, their spot or whatever. Um, the next in charge, I guess, like their swan. Yeah. Is like talking to their men and they're trying to figure out what to do about the warriors since they, they, they believe Luther's accusations. I'm guessing now they got Cleon, yeah. I guess, but they want the rest of the war. And so they send word over the radio to the other boppers, the street people with an ear for the action. And we get that great score kicks in. So, uh, yeah. Uh, j- uh, so uh, talking about like the DJ, because yeah, is- I want to talk about the DJ because we spoke about this sort of character type. Yeah. Right. Course, vanishing point. Vanishing point. Yeah. Uh, well, no, but even yeah, like there was one in John Wick. Vanishing point. It's, uh, you know, John Wick. I mean, this is str- uh, John Wick, like ripped this right off of the Warriors. I don't I wonder where the 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 first like type of character like this started from, because I mean, well, vanishing, vanishing point, point was like... the was 71. So yeah. that's before this. It is. So they're probably kind of maybe taking some inspiration off of vanishing point. But like the way that like the the framing is done, like John Wick Four ripped. Oh yeah, with the lips right off the Warriors. I mean, down to the freaking song like, that uh-huh. they played. Yeah, no, it was a, it was definitely a nod to this. But I I just want to give like a um I don't know if you guys will recognize who plays the DJ. I mean, obviously we only see her like her hear her voice and yeah, she was the host lips. of uh, Carmen San Diego. Thank you. I was oh just, for real. Yeah, yeah, in the world is that's Carmen her. That she's the chief. In uh, mm-hmm. in that game, kids game show back in the nineties, yeah. I used to watch That's the awesome. shit out. Of it. I used to play comedy. Dude, I love that show. Too. I wasn't that good with geography though, so I, I wasn't ever that great at catching comments on point. <laughs> I was yeah, okay, but then there was some harder questions. I was like, oh, no. there's a couple of different NES games. That are Carmen San Diego. That yeah, is man. true. Yeah, wearing. I think it's like wearing time. Is How do you Sandy? miss her? She's got that big ass hat on all the time. Like, yeah, on. red coat. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no. Uh, <laughs> Lynn Thigpen is her name, and she actually, like, uh, she thought, she didn't realize, like, when they were filming this, like, that they were, you know, filming a mask, kind of like this, like, you know, grand classic of a film. Mm-hmm. And she was, at first, she was a little disappointed. It's like, they only see my mouth. Like, they don't see me. It, mm. It's kind of uh, an odd thing. But she, when she saw the movie, she's like, oh, I get it. You know, yeah, it, it works perfect. She, and she's like, "Yep, this is the right choice. This looks great." And you know, at least you get to hear hear my voice. And she did end up having a pretty successful career herself. Yeah, she unfortunately did. passed away uh, tragically of a uh, brain aneurysm, uh, not you know about twenty years ago. So, oh wow, that sucks. Uh, yeah. While she's yeah, that sucks. R.I.P. Uh, while she's um while she's talking too. And setting up the song, we get a montage of the other gangs suiting up to go hunt down the like said, this And it's is, a great scene paired with Nowhere to yeah. Run. John Wick 4, like, they they took this, like, this yeah. scene and they made it their, they made it their own. But it was it's like, cool. oh, man, this is where they got it. Like, this, yeah. is, this is the movie that they got it from. It's pretty cool. Did you guys see... Um, it's it's a really cool character type. I I like kind of like this moment, these moments in a movie where it's like this guy's like we did we talked about it in Vanishing Point. Like, was the DJ really? It almost sounded like they were talking to each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they weren't. Yeah. Like, I kind of like that. Uh, like I, I got you, buddy. Like over the airwaves kind of guy. Like I we yeah, we yeah. would lose that in a modern movie nowadays. You couldn't 
it would be hard. Even in John Wick, it, it felt a little odd to be playing that way because, like, who's listening to the radio like that anymore? But right, yeah, except for these guys and and you know, assassins maybe trained assassins. There, there's yeah. something right. that you know, like I said, cool I, I talked about like Lord of the Flies being like I think a big inspiration for this film. But I feel that, you know, the, like, as we're looking at it in a modern lens, too, like, the, the Warriors feels like a precursor to, like, what would become the world of John Wick. And that I think the message of Cyrus kind of got through, and all these rival factions essentially kind of, you know, took over power. And then it kind of, it, it kind maybe there was rules that were in place, that were put in place, but you still had the different factions. And I think I, this I is... Think- I can get with that because I did notice like while I'm watching, I was like, I do like the way this film sort of does break down like the structure of the gangs and how they all fit in together when they go to meet, you know, under and the way they're trying to structure themselves into something bigger. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that is an interesting. It does kind of give you like a little glimpse of this criminal world. And it, there's yeah, some like more there, some structure. Yeah, I just I think that's I think that there's something to that where. Like this is the the origins of the John Wick world. I don't know about like that sounds a little strong, but I I would say like the there's some things in this movie that I could see influenced by the the world building that they did in John Wick for sure. Bro, John Wick's yeah, so definitely. fucking good. Yeah, but no, I get it. Like there's this world, the criminal world that they developed in John Wick with its own sort of structure and and laws and stuff like that. So, and this. This story does kind of have some of those um, elements, definitely with the gangs and stuff like that. Like this is the ancient version of like. No, I get it. I see what you're going for. Yeah, you're reaching for those bones. You know, you're trying to. There's a bone in there, and you're trying to. I'm not saying it's 100 percent true. This is just my theory. Trying to make a connection there. I see it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys see the prison bus gang? The one that's like all black and white. Oh, the the Turnbull ACs. Yeah. Did you? uh, They had the worst fake drawn on tattoos I've ever seen. They were yeah, awful. They did. did you see that anchor the one guy had? It looked like his daughter drew it for him or something like that. Maybe yeah. it looked like those uh what the those like uh fake tattoos that you put water on and just fucking peel dude, at off. least those have straight lines. Like this was yeah. like dude. Maybe that's what know. they were going for, like because they looked they looked like something out of prison like, tats, Matt. dude. Yeah, prison like yeah, I did this one myself. Hard ass garage tattoos. <laughs> I did it with my left hand. Did it with my foot. Oh. <laughs> ass. Uh, so just I had a question at this point in the film. Like, how are you guys enjoying it as first timers? Like, you're watching it. Dude, this I'm, far I'm locked in, man. Yeah. I am locked in. This is I, this is right up my alley. I love the I love the aesthetic. I, it's like, oh shit! It's kind of this simple premise. You have a reason for like why all these gangs are there. You have a frame up job that's done on the Warriors and they are it seems like they're the one that are like almost like the furthest away of like all these groups. And they have to run back through all of these other territories to get back home to to survive. And yeah, it's like it's just and it's it's a simple premise. But man, it is I am locked in. Uh, Yeah, I think it's pretty like they do a good job of getting you wrapped up really quickly. I think the fast beginning does a good job of that we get our exposition on who people are what the gangs are doing and then our situation stuck behind enemy lines trying to get home simple premise right small yeah group. i um uh, i really enjoyed like a similar i'm locked in right you're watching it and it's just one of those things where it's like uh as it's setting everything up it kind of keeps it draws you in a little deeper right and it's mm-hmm. like you get you get one after the other after the other of like 
these gangs, this is the setup. This is what's going on. This is the information delivered. And it's just, it just kind of like, you just continue. They keep ending up in these situations where you're like, Oh, I am curious how to see how this plays out. So yeah. yeah like the first they, one. What? Well, what I'm saying, cause like the, the whole there, there's two places. They, they're trying to get the train to go to the union square platform where they change trains so that they mm-hmm. can head back to Coney Island. Coney Island yeah. And, and we see that scene. Uh, sorry. The, the scene where they're watching the train and like in the darkness, right? Yeah. When we get introduced to like the skinheads and the skinheads are out in the road in the bus, just like hunting them. There's a ton of them. And Swan's like apprehensive of going up to the stairs too early. And I like, cause he doesn't want to expose the group, which is smart. And Ajax keeps like challenging him. And he's kind of like, what you know, are we gotta, a bunch of faggots or yeah, whatever? He's got to back him down. Yeah. There's some deaf dated language. Definitely in this. Yeah. Place, but, uh, it's like, it, that... it fits. It fits the, the characters that are saying it for me. So, yeah. Oh yeah. For like sure. shocking. Like I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That's a common theme for, uh, for Ajax. He, yeah, Ajax he's... is always questioning everybody's masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we see what happens to him because of his actions based. He thinks that's right, dude. Not what it's microcosm. Yeah. But the skinheads pass in their bus and the warriors dip into the dark. And I just kind of like the cat and mouse of it all. Like, yeah, these are tough dudes, but they got a high man. They're not at home. They're really far from getting home at this point, too. And they, they, they have, have no to play it smart. They have no weapons. Nope. They have no backup. And they have the entire the all the gangs of the city looking. Yeah. For them. You, you know what's wild? Know. Like, really think about this. Could you really have a better fucking premise or set up for a video game than that? No. No. Like this was literally it almost like it like set out to be a triple A video game title in 2020. And it was actually a movie back in what the 80s. It's actually similar in theme to like Escape from New York also, you know, of that, oh, like, dude. Are, but it's that centered around like one main character. I love that movie. Trying to escape, you know what I mean? But similar natured uh, story of like this gritty New York and dudes trying to get the fuck out of there and they have to get from point A to point B. But there's so many things getting in their way. Oh, yeah. Rob's uh, more of an escape from L.A. guy, but. Oh, oh man, come man. on, how a dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So the 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 train does come, and they decide to they book it, and the skins see them and start chasing them. It's pretty thrilling too, because they're like oh, just about they're pretty far from the fucking platform. Yeah, yeah. It seemed closer when they were in the shadows. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it was across the street. Yeah. <laughs> it was they right were on, there. Like, a football field when they fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that bus was just like right behind them. But yeah, they get on the uh, they get on the platform, and it's they should be home free at that point. They think so, at least. But there's a fire down the right the way. That was totally set up by the rogues, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, you think it was the rogues? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought it might have been the riffs that just kind of set them up. But then again, I also thought like, well, if the riffs came out to do that, why wouldn't they just sit there and fucking kill them after? You know? Yeah. Because they want them so bad. So that makes sense that the rogues did it instead. Yeah. And I, this is like where because right afterwards we have luther on the phone with somebody yeah at that like at that uh newsstand or whatever and it's uh that's that's the big question i have who is he talking to i don't know the mob or it's like some kind of crime syndicate kind of deal that's who i think is the crime syndicate is like they need to keep their investment the city is theirs at this moment right but they they don't want the gangs who are like we're we're talking about organized crime being taken over by just like crazy gang dudes like who don't necessarily have a plan, you know what I mean? But they just want to take over. And then, right. so it's like the gangs, I mean, the syndicates are probably like, fuck this shit. We got to take this out. We got to nip this in the bud now, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't I, think I, it's I, possible it could have been like uh, a authority, any kind of like I mean, yeah, totally. law enforcement or something? Totally that, that's kind of, That was my thought. I, I mean, was like, dude, oh, 
the image of like a brown man talking to a crowd of people, getting them riled up and being assassinated is like something our our country's pretty familiar with, right? So it, right. it could oh, have yeah. been maybe, someone maybe it's a, too, yeah. Maybe it's a group who doesn't like that, you know, the riffs are the powerful ones and they want to mm-hmm. like uh, take they wanted to take them out and maybe insert the rogues because the rogues you know that's um yeah but they don't seem put together the rogues they're a bunch of as uh as jacqueline would say troglodytes well maybe <laughs> maybe maybe that's why they're like hey if these fucking dumbasses are in charge we don't ever got to worry about these yeah maybe we could keep them under our thumb right yeah, true true kind of install yeah. them in there like a freddy from uh copland right yeah cinematic yeah, archaeology it's... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 101, baby. But yeah, so they're they're their routes sabotaged and they meet up with the orphans who aren't necessarily a threat right off the bat. They're kind of no, they're a uh because they're not really they aren't an affiliated group. Yeah, they're not like they're official. One of like That's the, why they weren't invited. Yeah, they're not a they're like one of like the the minor league uh gangs. Yeah. Did you feel bad for dude a little bit when he was like, Oh, there's definitely not a meeting because if there was the orphans would have been invited. And it's yeah, like, uh, I hate like, to break it to you, bro. bro it's but... like, sorry, your group sucks. <laughs> it's like the JV team in high school, dude, yeah. right? Well, like, even, it doesn't like... have enough scratch to even afford the train to get over there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's also stuff. funny because, like, the DJ is saying the same thing. It's like when the, when they do, like, kind of overcome the orphans, like, oh, you know, like, the, the one of the minor leaguers didn't, you know, wasn't yeah. able to overcome the, the yeah. Warriors. <laughs> well, and it funny. Was, I like the orphans because it was, like, uh, I mean, you can get into the fucking weeds here, so I'm going to try not to. But there's a lot of talk of like back in the day, gangs weren't what this is, right? Like originally when gangs were designed to protect their neighborhoods from Mm -hmm. from other people and and to do, you know, good deeds in the street. You know what I mean? When you when you hear about these old New York gangs, it was like, yeah, they they protected the neighborhood. And that's what they did. The shit that like you know whether it's it's uh helping people out or 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 you know other people trying to come in and take over shit and it it almost seems like that's kind of what the orphans were like they they were just these people that weren't weren't up because i mean they were going to he was like yeah you guys can pass through yeah, you know what I mean? they through. didn't come across as that tough hard ass uh-huh. like and i mean we can call it you know the uh, under underlings or or whatever but it's it seemed more to me like they were just like their main goal was hey we protect this strip right here yeah, yeah. this is this is us this is ours and well and, that's and what swan was smart because he's like we're we're not gonna you know no matter what's said don't mouth off right uh-huh. yeah he, he kind of like he is he approached it with respect he's like hey right. listen we're not trying he's to on their turf yeah, right exactly like, we're on your turf it's this is this is not um by design we're not trying to make a move on you we're just, honest, it's, it's Mercy who actually she instigates. The yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Of course. Well, the other thing too, She's a little firecracker. Yeah. The other thing too about the orphans, like, and I think like what is the sign of an affiliated gang and an unaffiliated gang is the the mark. The warriors have like you know that uh, their their symbol Press. and like their design. They just have plain green shirts. Like that's their. They have thing. the orphans. It says the orphans on the back. Does it? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, it's like the orphans on, on the back. Yeah, was it written so. in Japan? It's like screen printed. It's like real cheap, but it's there. Uh, but no, yeah, but like, they, like the orphans, like you said, they're just here to protect their turf. If you just want to cross through, they're fine. Uh, but then, you know, Mercy kind of instigates a little bit and kind of gets, you know, the bosses uh, of the orphans sort of going, you know, busting his balls. So he starts, you know, checking. She's like checking his manhood kind of. And so he's then like, all right, fine. You could c- pass through, but you got to take your vest off, take your colors off, which is disrespect. Yeah. A gang's not going to do that. Right. He kind of yeah. knows that. And that's where Swan is like, 
all right, we're gonna march through this lame these lame fucks' territory. We're yeah. just you know, just fuck them. Mercy well, because Mercy he double backs, cro- I, like he takes like... he double crossed him there because he told him he was like, all right, fam, don't worry about it. Y'all just go through. It's not a big deal. And so and so now he's like, okay, cool, everything's cool. And then like you said, she comes out and just puts a fucking battery right into his back. And yeah. he's just like, oh, yeah. I took it that. like, was that his lady or something? You know what I mean? That's what I thought. That's, at first. that's what I couldn't figure out. Like, how is because I think Mercy... she was just hanging around this gang because she just she's kind of like a nomad. She doesn't have a place to call home. That's kind of why yeah. she latches on to um, Swan and not in a bad way. There's a connection there between them, I'm saying. And it feels like that's the place she's going to end up staying at this point at the end of the film. So, so initially, and I think this is in the uh, from what I heard, this is in the book. And this is what was supposed to happen is that it's supposed to be Fox. It's supposed to be Fox. Yeah. But uh, there was uh, when we get to Fox, Fox a little bit Mercer. later. There's a there's a reason why the one the connect the chemistry between uh, Deborah Van Valkenburg uh, who plays Mercy yeah, Michael Beck Michael Beck's character like, uh, one there's a lot better connection so they actually change up the screenplay but in there the book some issues and, drama behind the scenes though right with the a lot of drama behind the scenes and oh Fox, my god because Fox's but, character the actor I forgot his name but he's unaccredited he's at the bottom of like Thomas I, G Waits yeah yeah he's uh, in we'll, a long portion of the film and when he's killed it's kind of written in. It sounded like he was a little sour about his death as well. So yeah, well, well, when we when we get to his death scene, I'll talk about like why that happened. Because yeah, it's, yeah, he's not. Right, I mean, it comes up pretty soon anyway. On the IMDb credits, I don't even see him. No, he's not yeah. with the initial group. He's all the way in the back with like the unaccredited people, which is weird because he's actually front and center. <laughs> yeah, the uh, he's the no, one that witnesses the killing and everything of Cyrus. Yeah. yeah, the um. So the the lady who plays Mercy, uh. Uh, Heidelberg, you might remember her. She is in the Devil's Rejects. Uh, what role does she play in the Devil's Rejects? I that part I I had to look back up, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll she was. She doesn't have like a whole bunch of um like credits either. This is her film debut. I know I've seen so, her and stuff before. I mean, she's done a she's done a bunch of stuff, just like nothing that I'm just, I outside of like the Devil's Rejects. It's like there's not really a whole bunch that I know. Casey. Yeah. She's hot though. Uh Casey, I don't know. I, oh, yeah, I think I know who that was. I think that was one of the women that gets at the hotel. I could be wrong. I think so, yeah. I know it might she might have been one of the ladies back at the um the whorehouse or whatever that that was. Oh shit, Danny that. Trejo's in fucking Yeah. Devil's yeah, Rejects? I didn't know. That movie's too <laughs> scary. I don't watch that. Yeah, we covered it on a cut above. Well, it's a Rob Zombie film. You don't wanna you don't wanna watch that shit. Devil Man. No. Um so <laughs> at this point when we see our group walking through the orphans um hood. I noticed I do like the introduction of the orphans, too, when they're like on the rooftops and, yeah. and the worries are sort of like, what's going on? They're sort of on the corners on the corner. And they're like, well, I think we've already been made. Right. So we have to deal with this. So then that's when Swan decides, like, listen, I'll do the talking. You guys don't get fucking nasty. Yeah. Him and Fox and, are yeah, tries to be like... diplomatic about it. And like that's when uh, what's his name does say too, like, when when have you become a diplomat or so whatever? Yeah, yeah. diplomatic or um, Ajax buses balls. But that's so it's at this point when they're walking through the neighborhood where I'm sort of like looking at the group and I'm sort of like this group sort of like our group sort of filled with some lames like they look like lames, at least like at first glance. Right. You got vermin. Yeah. Uh, just sort of like the horny guy, it seems like. And you got cowboy who's sort of like skinny guy with the shirt on. Like everybody else has their yeah. shirt off. He's got his shirt on, whatever. Fox is sort of like scrap, like skinny. But it's also like their scrappy nature is kind of what I think makes them like one of the best gangs in New York, like how they're like animals in a sense. Like when the fight comes, there's scenes, several scenes in these movies where they just grab, you know, makeshift weapons and go to town with them. And they're just sort of like, even though they're not like diesel, like some of them are like, some of them are really good fighters. Like 
like Swan and um, and Ajax and Cleon. But then the other guys are like just scrappy guys and they could take a punch, but they're not necessarily like that intimidating. But yeah, they have heart like they and they'll they'll represent their colors. So it's like interesting to see because at first glance, I'm looking, at them, I'm like, look at these lames. They're kind of lame, just as lame as the orphans, you know, when I'm looking at right. them. But I'm like, so they fucking fight. And we see that yeah. when they're when they're surrounded by the orphans, they turn the tides very quickly with that Molotov cocktail, just to set like an example. They walk through their territory and then like the orphans are like, you know, they're trying to step back up and like, oh, no, no, you don't walk through our territory. Cause like he, uh, the leader of the, of the orphans was pissed off about like what mercy was, you know, kind of the shit that she was talking. And then mercy was like, Oh, I don't know if she was turned on by like, just kind of like the way that they came about it. But yeah, because he told uh, him to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, but she, I don't know. She was digging Swan at first. Dude, yeah, she was. Time. She was like, I want one I, of those I, vests. Bro, we all want one of them was, vests. Uh, Can we be honest, dude? Those vests are fucking raw, bro. I want one of them things bad. Yeah. <laughs> James Remar still has his. Yeah, he does. Bro, that shit is sick. Um, cause like, uh, I think it was, was it Cochise or Snow that had like that, uh, that like that bottle? And then uh, that was co- and I think that was snow or it might have been Cochise, but yeah, he's around his neck. Right. So time. he passes out off over to Swan. Swan rips a Mercy's of panties dress. off. No, it's not panties. It's part of her dress. Is oh, it was it part of her dress? Yeah. I thought it was her panties. That no, he it's, it's like sexualized because he goes in between her legs for two seconds and then rips the material off the dress. Oh, I know? could have sworn it was her so panties. It looks for a moment like he's doing something really bad, but he doesn't. It's just to rip the dress. I think it's kind of cool, kind of the way they kind of make you think one thing's happening and then all of a sudden it's like, nope. It's just, I, it's I totally bought in. I thought I tied yeah, no, he the ripped her panties off. It's not that bad. Yeah, because like, you can see the rip later. It's like down the middle of yeah, her skirt. Oh, shit. Okay. I Yeah, see, I missed that. Oh. I know you wanted it to be her panties. I get it, but. Yeah, pervert. She's attractive. Like she's a cool uh, kind of add on to this group too. The way she latches on to them. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's so an awesome they, scene. The way he does that, and then they throw the bottle. Throw that bottle onto uh, the Molotov cocktail. I feel bad for that guy. Like whose float. car is that? Like the guy. I know. He's just like what the fuck. Yeah, wake up. It's like in the, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. Get in my car, you fuck. <laughs> you motherfucker! And I kill you. <laughs> no, I kill your car. <laughs> I kill your car. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, but I uh, think that was inspired too because like uh so there was a lot of issues like in filming where they had actual they were worried about like gang activity especially with yeah. like the, all these guys where especially with the warriors uh-huh. wearing the colors that they wore because it did look like real gang attire yeah a and lot so, of the gangs look that way they also they consulted with like the police and the gang the gang unit on like when where were safe spots to film and at what times because they could only film at night so. But yeah, but even then, it was still like yeah. a tr- it was still a problem, and they had to have extra security. And like there was parts of like where they were wanting to film, and it's like yeah, cars would just be randomly on fire. Yeah, bro, you're filming in the middle of New York at a horrible time in in New York City. It's like, like the uh, worst time of New York, uh, and the you're filming at time. night during the. You're filming at the time where these crazy things in your movie would be happening. So right, and that's you're filming it in a city where right. they're happening at this moment, right around you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, people are attracted to the lights and everything. They're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, they're making a movie down there. Like, oh, shit, right. let's go see that shit. You yeah. know? So, yeah, I could see like it causing a problem. And they only had limited time to film, which is tough to, you're doing a film all at night and we have the structure of the city that you have to work around too for like, you know, logistics. And then oh, it was also, they said they had to give a, they have to give a lunch break. I wish, I, I was like, maybe if you could have talked to everybody, like, can we push your break till the end? But it's probably union things where you have to have it in the middle of their shift or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so, so they even had to take a break during the night where they lost like an hour's worth of 
filming time. time. Yeah. But, uh, oh, you know, uh, speaking of, since you brought up Vermin, uh, you don't want to know who he, who was supposed to play that character? Lou that from was supposed Prom to be Night. Tony Danza. Oh, Tony Danza. I could see Tony Danza. Like, hey. Pull me closer, Tony yeah. Danza. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, uh, he got like, the job. He uh, got Casper in uh, Taxi instead, so he took that job. Oh yeah, well that worked out for him then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Throwing that Molotov is sort of like an example of their scrappy nature. You know what I mean? Like they're when pushed into a corner, the Warriors. It almost feels like they perform best when put to the task, like the way they yeah. were this whole entire night. You know? Like they that shit was funny, dude, because it was like uh it's like, what are you guys going to do? And they roll up on them, and then they're just like, we'll show you how crazy we are. Yeah. You want to get nuts? Fucking yuck a Molotov at a car, dude. Yeah. They were like, hey, the orphans react like, oh, shit, these guys oh, are shit. fucking I'm psychopaths. Going I'm going home. <laughs> Fuck out of here. This isn't worth it. Like Zoink Scoop. They yeah. all look like Shaggies. They had green shirts on and fucking like baggy jeans. <laughs> Fuck, that's hilarious. There's a bunch of Shaggies, really, not the orphans. Yeah. Oh, Zoinks. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, but yeah, they then... so they go to the next they go to the uh, subway to get out of that area. Yeah. And there's an attempted uh, ambush by the police while they're waiting on the train, waiting for the yeah, train. And this start. is where we split the group up because they I mean, they all know like where the rendezvous point is. You but know. it's just like they get they have to get split up. Uh mm-hmm. some guys get on the train. And they're able to Fox move gets bit. killed. Yeah, this is oh, so this is where Fox gets killed. Yeah, he gets thrown onto the tracks by copy like wrestling. Yo, the way it's shot, it was almost too. I was like, I kind of lost track of where Fox was, and I thought he was the guy that got killed was just like an extra that they threw in there. I'm like, I don't remember this dude. Who the fuck was yeah. that guy? Yeah, it was so it was an extra. So here here's what happened. Thomas G. Waits was cast. He's been in movie you'll recognize him uh from movies like Injustice for All. He was in the thing. Um, yeah, he was. He played uh the radio dude? Yeah. Uh Windows? Windows, yeah. He was Windows. Never seen it. You've, You've never, never seen, seen the thing? a thing? John. Oh, I know me, you don't man. like horror movies, but this is like one of the best just films in general, I feel like. Not even just horror. You would yeah, have a horror film through and through. Oh man. Mm. Check out the Circle of Jerks episode with Heidelberg on the thing. Oh, just check out the amazing. thing. Just just check out the thing. Don't you don't listen to me talk about it. Go <laughs> listen. Go watch the movie. I know. Watch I hear it's good. And watch watch the remake, uh, yeah. which is the, no. Don't the do that. Remakes of all time. Rob, you're full of horrible advice. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The original is awesome. Oh my. No, God. no, the original. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you said watch the remake. I was like. No, I said no, no. Don't watch the 2011 one. Okay, okay. Watch, watch the original, and then watch John Carpenter's remake. That's that's just, that's what watch, you got to do. If I'm gonna get this guy to watch one film, I want him to watch the Carpenter. Like that's yeah. the, Oh yeah, you gotta watch. You gotta watch over uh, the original. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the director. <laughs> back to the movie. <laughs> back uh, to the word. Uh, so the director he saw this guy as like the next James Dean. Uh, but the love affair was short lived. I think there was some incident like where the director offered him like a drink and he refused, and there was some sort of like there was some sort of tension between them, like right off the director said something about communication. Yeah, well, there was a lot of kind of sounded like he was blaming himself a little bit for that, too. Yeah, they they have since made up, uh, but they were clashing constantly on set, and after three weeks into filming. He, the director's like, get rid of this guy because uh, he essentially fired him. And it's like, we got to get rid of this guy, kill him off. I don't care what you do, find a way to get you know, make it work. 
And so he was actually like when the scene was filmed, like of him being like tossed uh, onto it's the not, train yeah. and being run over by the train. He was gone by that point. Yeah, so that none was, of that was him. It's all double. shot from the back and you just see him running, like rolling around with the cop. You don't ever see a face. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And after a while, he actually uh, the actor asked to be like, you know, he wanted his name removed from the film. He did not want to be. That's, like, yeah, that's what I thought. And so he's like, and a, a decision he regrets to this day, because to this day, he is still uncredited. He's not on the cast yeah. list of the Warriors. He should be, because he's in a large majority of it, even if he got, even with all this other stuff. And I do think the scene where he dies is played pretty well. Like, they shot it pretty well. And the, him, the yep. slow-mo, him being thrown into the Yeah, I mean, he made a sacrifice to kind of help, like, protect the rest of the Warriors, which is yeah. a, I think, would have worked for the film anyways. Well, he was, he was with the girl, too. They had him shot. They, like, he had ran off separately with Mercy. But because they, they were still at that point, probably they were probably going with that romance kind of thing where he was going to be the romantic lead. But then they changed it, pivoted. Yeah. Right here. But, I, felt um, the, I felt the death was pretty shitty. I thought it was I was like, it didn't make much sense to me in the story. That That's like the one weak part for me. Where as I was watching, I was just like, this is it just felt super out of place and weird. Just like all of a sudden this character you've seen the whole time. And then he just gets yeeted into this fucking subway. And then we don't like he, it's not mentioned. It's not. Well, that's about yeah, that's that. my issue. They don't bring it up like the rest of the gang are not talking. Nobody about it asks about yeah. it later. Like, yeah, he, that's the problem. They mishandled that. I think if his death, the thing about his death, at least could being random could have been like, well, this is the seriousness of the situation. Like, the cops right. are out there. They're, they'll fucking kill you. Right. At least acknowledge it. Just home, be like, oh, hey, yeah, where's exactly. he at? Like, oh, but man, don't. I don't know. And then and then this at is... least that way we're like, oh, OK, well, they're at least fucking worried about him. But other than yeah, that, it just came across as he's just like. Just fucking Thanos snapped out of there. Yeah, you're you're right. This is probably the weakest part of the film. And I think it was because you had a bunch of tensions that were rising. Decisions were made emotionally. And so you're not really thinking about what the best way is. Best for the film. There's also a time crunch. We got to get this. How do we pivot at this point? And I think if had this been like more planned out, it would have worked better. You, yeah. you would have had that like, OK, we're going to have this guy die, but we're going to you know at least acknowledge it. And like, oh, you know, we got to be careful because even the cops are coming after us. We don't have to. It's not just the gangs we have to worry about. It's the cops, too, because the rest of the movie just kind of cuts out his character after that. Point. Right. Like, it's like he's I mean? like it's the box does, like doesn't exist service. anymore. Yeah, there should have been a moment of the gang like, oh, shit. What they never Fox? ask and... about him anymore. Yeah, Mercy could have totally told me, you know, that guy uh, that was with me. Because uh, she says like the cops did something like she didn't say what happened, though. She's, she doesn't say like he got thrown in front of a train. She acts like she got split up, but I could have sworn she was right there when it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. He, I don't yeah. Know. It's weird. Weird. So, here's the other thing too. so here, here's another thing, too. Speaking of Mercy, because we have that whole thing like where they um Cause she kind of like disappears at some point, like throughout this, cause she's not with the gang the entire time. And then she like, like a phantom appears again with like a jacket on. Where'd you get that jacket? You know, like it, when I was saying, it's like, yeah, where the hell did she get that jacket? It was like coming out of her cooter or something like that, that she had stored yeah. up there. Oh, she <laughs> stole it. She stole it, bro. But yeah, she, there's a reason why she has a jacket on. Yeah. Cause she broke her arm during filming at some yeah. point. And so they're, hiding it. they're just that? hiding her cast. So she wears the jacket like the rest of the the movie. I don't think she I don't think her character kind of like fucking poofs out of air, though. Uh, she was with uh, what's his name when they get split up. She's with uh, she's with Swan. 
and her and Swan are down in the tunnels. And then uh, so and so. the Yeah, other but dude, she Rembrandt, meets Swan at the top of the tunnels, right? Because well, she he leaves her at that yeah. one point after they have that little romantic moment in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. He like pushes no, 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 her this away. Is, this is this is before that, though. No, yeah. it's not. No, is it the kiss scene down in the tunnels happens before that they split her and then her and Swan split up and then she keeps coming after Swan I believe right she's still following him you sure uh, it's before that I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Swan like because Swan comes into the tunnels and then she pops all up. right so then she popped up I I'm mistaking the order then because yeah she does follow the gang right after I know the, that it's like it, them, it's so. like all the because uh, they're not tr- Swan, especially is not trusting her, and I, I think as the audience, we're not trusting. Yeah, her maybe either. she had the jacket on during the. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think she did. Yeah, they go down into the. Um, uh, yeah, because yeah, that was after like we're like, where'd you get that jacket? And they end up going through the tunnels. Yeah. Because then she disappears again after that, and then comes up uh, mm-hmm. later. That's what the the roller skater do. That's when she comes back. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, what I'm thinking. And it's one of those things where. Uh, I think at this point in the film, we're wondering, it's like, what is mercy? Like kind of just, is she like somebody that's going against them? Because it seems like all these bad things are happening. Like, especially she when Mercy's around, is she like some sort of like spy? No, I don't some... think so. Well, I mean, it, it, I think it's meant you're meant to think that because like a first I don't, watch. I don't, really? Yeah. Because she's fucking them up with the orphans. They were, they were, yeah, but go... she's just being like a, I don't know. Like she's just for, a girl, for, a woman instigating like some dudes. Like that's how I took it. You know, she's having fun. Like that's what she yeah. does. But then she would say, say that. like, "Oh, here comes trouble." When she comes out of you know the the apartment, so you know, it's like, and then she appears to Swan with the jacket on. This is like when the gang has been split up. Like there's that whole thing. Yeah, but and the jacket's it, merely just to cover up a wound that she had in real life. So it's like not. There's no plot that actually is. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, but she comes at a point, point. like, where the the group is split up, and she comes at another point, like, where... uh, She likes Swan, so she's following him. Well, we... She's drawn him, there's there's chemistry there, yeah. Yeah, we find that out later, but I'm just saying, like, at this point, we're thinking maybe she's not, maybe she's a... uh, uh... She shows up after the Furies, is where she shows up, that's what it is. Um, So at this point, the Furies show up, because the group gets split, and the group that doesn't get on the train... There's a group right. that gets on the train going to Union Square. So you have the rest of the guys. You have Berman, Rembrandt, and Cowboys. Cowboys Cowboys with the other guys. I think it's the it. three. It's just those three, yeah. Yeah. They end up getting on the train. Fox and dies. Then you, and then, and then you, you have, have Snow, Cowboy, Ajax, and Swan who mm-hmm. uh, are going through the park. They go up top and that's when they see the Furies. Uh, we got a glimpse of them earlier grabbing their bats when all the gangs were getting together during the DJ speech. But yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is one of like obviously the other like kind of one of the iconic gangs that's in this movie too, the Baseball Furies. Yeah. Their reveal is really dope. Like they look so menacing. They're very they're one of the overtop moments of the you know, like a lot of this movie feels like it's based in 1979 New York. But then you get like this moment where it's like motherfuckers aren't walking around just as fucking baseball, Full baseball jokers, uniforms you know, but, or like psychotic yeah. fucking Yankees. But they they look awesome. Yes, um, they do. And they don't uh, they don't all look age appropriate, though. I noticed there's one guy in there that does look like he's 35 to 40 years old based yeah. on like with the rest of the guys who look a little younger. He looked like a man in makeup. With a bat in his hands, but the chase scene yeah. with the series, I think, is great. But yeah, this no. this is kind of like the way that uh, you know they're running. It's like, are they still coming after us? Like, and then so like you kind of you know the music is like kind of building up, and it's like, yeah. oh shit, they're still coming after us. I was like, I don't know if I can keep running. It's like, what you tired? 
good because I'm tired of running from these lame fucks. And at this point, uh, Swan had a great idea. He cuts off with snow. He says, cut out here. And he has the other guys run straight. And so he cuts. They cut off in the darkness. The Furies don't see that. Yeah. And then when the Furies pass, they come up from behind and now they're boxing them in. So, yeah. yeah and then it, you, you said Ajax takes a stand. Yeah, because Ajax is more of like, he's going to come at you like head on. Mm-hmm. Swan is more calculating. He's like, we're, uh, he, and he tells us, hey, we're going to, you know, you know, split off and then we're going to, we're going to fence them in. Like, we're I mean, gonna... the Furies have the numbers and they have, they all have weapons. They all have bats in their hands. Yeah. It's like the, the fucking, the Warriors are definitely outnumbered at this point. Out, out um, we go like, we get one of the, the great lines here from Ajax, like where he, he ends up, you know, uh, Fighting one of the uh, 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 one of the Furies. I think it's the like, main boss Fury. I think. Yeah, right? and he's or, like, I'm gonna shove that not. bat so far up your ass and turn you into a popsicle. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> pretty good. Line. Classic Raiden, dude. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> finish him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do think it's very cool. Like, yeah, we do see the the um the way that one person handles a problem, like Ajax. Like you said, he just turns around and wants to fight it head up, and how Swan's very calculated. Uh, I, I like that. It works out perfectly for both of them, though. Like the plans, both their plans work out pretty good because they're good yeah. at what they do. Um, I got to think during filming this brawl, though, that I feel like one of them would it must have like gotten some crushed fingers with those bat fights. Like when they're holding them up and like blocking and they're just like hitting it with the bat. I'm sure someone's like a digit or two got fucking smushed, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. it has to have been. Even if they're using like foam bats or whatever they were doing at the time, because a lot of it looks real, like real, yeah. just real wood on wood. Those look like real bats. Yeah, it does, right? It sounded it sounded good. Yeah, yeah, and the fight just like has a, a nice brutality to it too, like everybody getting hit with the bat. But it's it's like violent, but just the right amounts of of, of violence. I feel like never goes yeah. over the top too much. Yeah. And they they overcome the uh, and when like when Ajax like you know beats the shit out of that one, he's like he's like fucking a. Yeah, Ajax is a good bat. fucking fighter. I mean, I'll say he's a good, he's tough. Well, yeah, excluding uh, the Warriors, the Furies are definitely the second best gang, I think, in the movie. Oh, There's yeah. one one more we have yet to to come across that I think takes the cake. The Lizzie's? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, there's, there's the, the Furies are fucking dope for sure. They're, them coming out of the dugout with the fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? They're coming up grabbing the their stairs. bats off the walls. Grab, yeah, oh, grabbing yeah. Their bats off. Like they have their favorite bats too. Like the one yeah. that looks at it, like, yeah, this one's mine. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're sick. But uh, uh, James Remar talks about how, like, he would, um, you know, we're not actually like punching each other, but like it's the, it's how you sell it. It's like you come out really fast and like it's the, it's it the pullback that makes that sells it. I like it. It looks good. It looks like, um, I don't know. It looks like gritty. Yeah, hey, this is a perfect chance to. I I never knew why I would have to have this information, but it just it just it just clicked just now. Thank you, Rob. So, uh, True Detective season one, watched that thing probably 150 fucking times. Uh, all of the specials on it, and uh, Matthew McConaughey talks about when he had to fight Woody Harrelson, right? That big fight scene after the blowout when he gets fired, right? And mm-hmm, then the, yeah. he slams him into the truck. And he's he talks about because I guess Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey got into it a couple of times on the set. Like Woody Harrelson was just kind of over him. He's just like, you're just, you know, this method actor, fucking cocksucker, like just chill the fuck out. And so they he talks about he he's like, it's a dance. Whenever you have a fight like that, it's a dance, really. You know what I mean? And so he talks about them like kind of dancing before. And he's like, because you're trying to get into a rhythm with somebody. Mm-hmm. That's really what you're trying to go for when you really want to sell a good fight scene, right? 
And uh, I guess Matthew McConaughey told him, he's like, good, just go ahead, man. I know you've been wanting to do it. Just <laughs> so, some, of those, so some of those punches, he was like, he really fucking let me have it on a couple of them. But awesome. Because he's a method actor, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think they sell these uh, fight scenes. There's a fight scene later on we'll talk about in the bathroom. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Dude, um, you oh, know what these man, fights, some pretty... of these fight scenes reminded me of, um, have you guys ever seen Clockwork Orange? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Clockwork Orange has some like crazy brawls too with the gangs. I, damn, yeah. I didn't even think that that could have been inspiration because that was before this film. Oh, yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. And the gang fights in that film too are over the top with a lot of throwing and slamming. And they do a lot of that in this movie too, where like people getting picked up and thrown into stuff and then or like slammed on the ground on their backs. Oh, yeah. And like you said, it's very wrestling in a yeah. sense too. Like a, a lot of bro- debris and things breaking. Um, but I do Love think it. they sell this scene very well. And I do like the chase. Of it going through the park and the music that kicks in is like swelling. It's like synth horror sort of like they're being stalked throughout the city at night, like at two in the morning. It's like this is kind of scary shit, even though it's painted up, you know, wackadoos with bats. Like it's if that was really happening, I'd be fucking scared. I'd probably shit my pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so like speaking of the score, like how are you guys loving the score or not loving it? The soundtrack at this moment, dude. This is one of the most awesome soundtracks to a movie ever. It's really good, yeah. I haven't listened to it at all. And I love how, like, the Warriors have, like, their own theme music kind of, like, keeps playing when they're, like, running somewhere. Or, like, and uh, I love that the DJ interludes in between that and everybody on the street, like, listening updates on the situation, as well as us, the audience. And I kind of like the way they, they mix all that. It's very stylized. Oh, the it's baseball theories the committed an error, and the Warriors are on second base trying yeah. to get all the way home to Coney Island. Yeah, it's just awesome storytelling. I think it's a great method to kind of deliver the plot. And yeah, yeah, it's great. Also, by the way, just a quick tangent. Uh, I caught this movie. I uh, streamed it on MGM Plus, and it looked yep. crispy, man. Yeah, crispy same here. Good sound. Good sound. Yeah, I, watched here, Par- yeah. I watched it on Paramount. It looks fantastic. I think it's just like the same thing, basically. Like, that's yeah. Um, and I'm I'm definitely thinking about uh, pre-ordering that 4K Arrow release that's coming out. It's like, yeah, yes, bucks, sir. I'm gonna get that. Pretty too. sweet looking. It comes with a cool subway map, like poster thing that of like where they were going and everything, and that's dope. All this extra stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I love that. The Also, I love that the Warriors are out here in their fucking leather vests like the entire time with like nothing. under. They're just bare chested. Most of them. Yeah. Well, like, I will say time. this, like the Warriors, although they do have all the same colors, they all have a unique look about them. They do. Yeah, they all have flair. So James Remar, uh, the black thing that he's wearing under there, that's his uh, he's a he was a theater guy. That was one of his leotards that he wore for like some. It's played like a white beater. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's some it's some, it's some like kind of a ballet thing that he was doing. Mm-hmm. So that's he's wearing this black leotard underneath everything. He's got like the the fingerless gloves. Yeah, yeah. For and a guy cool. throwing f bombs everywhere, dude, he sure did uh, dress a little risque, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, maybe. <laughs> and then you have uh, like Cochise, who has like the whole like you know Mr. T thing going on. I was getting a little Native American or something. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, kind of that yeah, was yeah. kind of the idea they were going for. It just I was thinking like, man, this guy he sounds a little bit like Mr. T, just a little bit. Dude, I uh, liked his get up gets... the most. I thought he I thought he was one of the coolest warriors. Coach Hughes and you had uh, Vermin who had like that sweater on under his vest. Oh no, wait, that was just his chest hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just huge tufts of fucking Italian chest hair. He, he, he wasn't full Italian moon. Dude. He would have turned into a werewolf. Yeah. That's why they call him uh, Vermin. He turned into like, like uh, Snow has like his bandana and kind of like, you know, his kind of crazy hair. Uh, you have that guy never emoted the entire movie. 
No, no matter well, the situation, that actor in this film doesn't emote at all. So uh, I was, I actually had a hard time figuring, like finding out about this guy. So if you look on online, the picture that they have for him for Snow is some like white guy who I get. It's like it's weird. On it's, IMDb. Yeah, it's all fucked up. It's really? hold on. Yeah. So I, I I did some digging about who uh, the actor who plays Snow is. He actually ended up uh, quitting acting not long after this and became a New York State police officer and retired in 2004 from that. Damn. Like, he has, like, four credits. No, he's fine on IMDb. I, I see him just fine. He's Brian Taylor. Okay, oh, no, so I'm, I'm talking about, like, on Google and, oh. like, everything else. It's all fucked up. He's not... Well, there might be other guys with the same name. Yeah, and the guy... Brian Taylor's a little... Version. A little like, there's another guy with the same name. He's white, you know? You know yeah, it's like, name. dude, like, Ludwig, it's not but... even close. Like, they're not but even... Yeah, he like, very... He doesn't really emote as an actor in this movie. Like he still has presence. I like it. Um, I just thought it was part of his, like what his character was. It's kind of like that stoic dude. I, I guess. So there's a moment where like they have to go back and look for um, Swan, and he's like, "We gotta go get Swan," and he's just very like matter of fact about it. And it doesn't really. I don't know. Yep, I couldn't even find a lot of information on uh, on the guy who plays Cowboy either. There's not like a really a whole lot there as well. Well, like you said, a lot of these guys were kind of like no names. Uh, that's kind of the, the what they were going for. Yeah, uh, and and anybody else that has a name now didn't have one at this point in time. Yeah. They were just getting started. So yeah, like I said, most of these guys, this is the, either their film debut or most known role. It's not really there's not really a whole lot there. the The guys who really became famous were guys like James Remar, uh, uh, Patrick David, uh, uh, Patrick David Kelly, who played Luther, yeah. and um, uh, and Thomas She Waits. Those are really the guys who became super famous. Out, out which out is wild because this is a pretty fucking big movie is it? it became a cult classic i don't know oh you mean like big production wise like when it was yeah. made i don't um, know it ended up it ended up being a success but there oh, i'm gonna have a modest budget the end concerning like why maybe there was some issues with it, the initial release of the film yeah gotcha but, but uh I yeah i so, wonder what are you gonna say oh uh, no no it's, it's you go heidelberg i was just like <laughs> small like just i kind of wonder we we're talking about them just running around their vest but i wonder being from new york like, what's their gear in the winter? Because there's some cold-ass winters here in New York, and you got to be out there, like, representing Well, you're not a real warrior if you can't be fucking shirtless, shirtless with the, winter, the fucking dude. vest. Oh, well, dude, we could, like, they could possibly do, like, a nice hoodie with the vest over it, you know, doing some, like, Sons of Anarchy kind of uh, yeah. vibes. Like, that would look pretty dope. I, I would rock that. I wonder if it's, like, more to, like, to intimidate, like, the rest of the gangs. Like, like don't get cold. Yeah. We don't need... Uh, uh, switchblades we have our nipples in the winter That's well Berman doesn't have to worry about anything he's got a fur vest going on anyways yeah if you could shoot at that vest i think it'd catch a bullet that's how much yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i just like my mind kind of went there as a new yorker i was like i wonder you could even cut the sleeves off a hoodie and still have that kind of like my guns are out kind of look yeah. Out, yeah. Out. Also, where's the chubby warrior? Like the one who whose gut pokes out a little bit out of his vest. Like I, I demand representation. <laughs> the chubby warrior, the one who's like behind everybody. Like, wait up, guys, wait up. Who can't yeah. quite run as fast as the rest of the group? <laughs> oh man, just kidding. But really, Speaking so, of somebody, it, well, Piggy was our. You know, he was uh, taken out. Like you know, yeah. like in Lord of the Flies. Right. Speaking of diversity, though, I do think that I like that this film does. It doesn't really play on race as much as you would think it would um, no. with this, with what's the setting and everything. It right. plays on more about like being a youth in a gang and like a gang member in the in New York City at this time, as well as the embellishment of like 
the zaniness that they kind of seemed more location to me was kind of that's kind of what i got like yeah yeah, it was more about where you're from right right right. you're right that that's definitely from everything that i read initially the warriors were supposed to be an all-black gang but they were worried about uh when they were making the film they were kind of worried about doing that to make it look like oh well you just have all these, you know, these black guys is like, you know, running around as, you know, quote unquote thugs. Oh, so it'd be and so they totally it was, yeah, interpreted. And so that's where they ended up making it more of like a mixed race gang. I think it works better for the film. I mean, because we see the other gangs too in the crowds. They're kind of mixed as well. Like not every gang is just about race. So it's, I like it. And I think I like, it I like, the I like cast that they diversity that too. There's a good diversity with the cast that I think works well for the film. There's Definitely. even lady gangs. And yeah. the ladies mix it up like Mercy's character, too, is mixing it up with the boys like doing it. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I think this film does. It's pretty progressive in that nature, I thought. The um, Lizzie's. Because in, 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 in heavier hands, someone might have leaned more on like, well, we got to make someone be racist. But it was like, you don't really see any of that in this. And you would have no, seen not, yeah. sometimes in this time frame. You know, it's the 80s. Which is like wild. Right. Late 70s. But I, I kind of like that the film doesn't really need to go. It, yeah, that's the that's what's cool about this. Like, it's not it's. There's other films that speak on that, and I feel like this film kind of it works better for this film to kind of avoid that discussion. Just yeah, it does because it doesn't need it. This is not reality. This is a fake universe that they've created that just happens to be set in a realistic setting. It's kind of there's a camaraderie between different races based, like you said, John, on location, like where they're from, and more about that. So um yeah so vermin coaches rembrandt they arrive at union square and the rest of the gang isn't there yet now if i'm not mistaken i think the park that they cut through and have the fight with the furies i think that is like union square park where it's supposed because there's a park and then they're supposed to meet at one of the, the subway stations right to get out at union um i'm not positive though because i'm not from the city but i am from new york and i've been to a lot of the parks but uh and they're so they're pretty close by at that moment the guys up top uh they're but they're also close to Gramercy Park, I saw in location as well, which is where the rifts are from. So it's like right. they're in the middle of fucking like the frying pan, the hottest. Oh, point. yeah. And it, I'm also wondering, too, I'm trying to locate where they're at at different moments in this film because they go to they go from Brooklyn to the Bronx, which is a long track track. Then I think there's a moment where when they introduce the orphans and Mercy, I'm wondering, are they supposed to be in Queens at that moment or had they touched down in Manhattan? They could have been in either. I think they might have been in Queens, and the orphans are supposed to be from Queens. And then they cut leave it Queens, to our resident on New Yorker to make to that decision. And when when they get to Manhattan, that's when they're looking for Union Square Park because that's where that is uh, station. So I think they touch down in almost every borough. They don't go to Staten Island, but yeah. So I think because at this moment in the film, yeah, that now they're in Manhattan at Grand, at uh, Hudson. So I mean, not Hudson. Um, I'm sorry. Is uh, uh, Staten Island like the the rich area in New York? No, nah. I mean, there's there's wealthy areas i feel like of every area and then there's also you know maybe staten I, island was the uh the staten people like where tony soprano is supposed to be from and shit like that i was thinking that the two couples that get on the train right remember or on yeah. the on the subway and they they look at them and it's that real That's awkward air it could be manhattan like people from the city they could be from long island they could have been what from anywhere they, they sure. reminded me like they were going to a prom almost but like or some kind of ball maybe i don't know the way they were yeah. but they look too that old scene was fucking prom. weird it was interesting. I I, I liked it. I liked the scene. I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought I it was that good. There's a yeah because there's a moment where they get on the train. We're skipping ahead, but yeah, we'll talk about it. They get on the train and they 
they're definitely out of place a little bit. And they decide it's a stupid idea. They sit right and fucking like you can tell about this. There's a whole fucking cart here. Yeah, Why you sit right by the gang? Like, come yeah. on. Like, if you're a New Yorker, you already know. Like, we mind our business. So if I would have got on that train. I would have seen over there and I would be like, all right, I'm sitting to the left or another car or whatever. Like, right. I, I don't yeah. want problems. So, like, they sit right there and there's like, I kind of like that there's this moment of like they're looking at each other and they're like examining they're similar, right? She's with her man sort of in this moment, even though her and Swan aren't a thing yet. They kind of are. There's moments like he apologized at this moment about how he treated her earlier in the tunnels and spoke to her because he speaks to her like a dog at one moment. But it's almost like to shoo her away because he doesn't want her close to him because he does feel a connection and he needs to focus on getting his guys home. And that's what's important. So he doesn't need any extra distractions. So he talks to her down earlier on and then he compiled so this moment in the train i like because there's that moment where she's looking at them and they, you know they're very classy looking sort of like socialites right and she goes to fix her hair and i like that moment where swan stops her like, yeah he's oh, like you're not nah. you're good enough you don't yeah. need to fix yourself for these people they have no idea who you are right you know what i mean you owe them nothing and i kind of yep. like that acknowledgement there it was Fuck a silent yeah. moment but i like and he's just staring them down too like, yeah and then they get off at the very next stop. They're like, yeah. oh, we'll get uh, we'll catch yeah, another one. Smart. But, you know, our gang members don't fuck with them. They don't do anything. They're just like, you know, what are you looking at? Kind of. Yeah, I th- I kind of like the moment. You thought it was weird, bro. I, I, honestly, if I was going to, I would have cut that out. Really? I don't think it was necess- I don't think it was. Necessary. I thought it was a good moment for Mercy and her. And I, well, see, I would have kept and- that moment in the train because it is a, a moment of pause from the action. And mm-hmm. you kind of get to breathe yeah, like a little bit. I would have left. The, I would have left that interaction with the warriors there. The the people that are coming on. I, I don't know. It just didn't hit me. I kind of like it because it shows that there's other nightlife in the city right now. Like, they're exactly, not alone. Yeah. like there's other things. These people while these while the warriors have been fighting for their lives to get home. And picked up mercy and stuff. These people have been out getting drunk, partying. You know what I mean? And they're heading home. Totally different lifestyles. They're like ships in the night. You know what I mean? In this train, yeah. sitting across from one another. And I think Mercy has the feeling that she needs to sort of fix herself for these people to right. blend in. You know, like oh, you know, and like that's why Swan's like, no, we're we're different than them. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. don't need to fuck them. Like yeah. you've been through shit tonight. We were walking in subway tunnels. Like you don't need to. You know, that's why your hair looks fucked up. Like nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like it for them. I think okay. it's. A, decent moment for their characters i could see what you're saying like it's a small scene i I think it works though because there's a lot of unsaid stuff between mercy and swan they don't say a lot to each other like but no i think it there's a by the end i kind of believe them that they kind of end up together it's like random but she's just trying to find something she doesn't actually i feel like she just bounces around oh yeah she talks about just getting stuck all the time i mean there's there's that moment where he's like why don't you just tie a mattress to your back and it's like dude that's fucked up because even she's like yeah sometimes i don't remember who gives a shit and he knows she's kind of like in his eyes she's kind of like damaged goods maybe but also he he still takes her for you know who she is like people have a past um so what and like obviously that's not all she is like she wants to get away she there's that moment where she's like i like to travel and he's like you never been anywhere she's like but i know i was she wants more yeah i like it for them i think it's a decent scene you said the way it sets up like just a moment of reprieve i like that personally whether you cut that part out or not this train scene staying would have been still good yeah um let's talk about the lizzie's yeah, John, uh, you've been uh, wanting to talk about the Lizzie's. Is that your other favorite gang? Or? This is actually not the oh, okay. uh, best gang. It's it's a little later. Oh, okay, okay. But... I'm interested. Uh, so, no. yeah, the, the Lizzie's, we see the Lizzie's around this time um, while the dudes are up top. We see the other guys who got off the train. They see the Lizzie's down 
in the train station. It's an all female gang, but we don't know that at this point. It just looks like a bunch of gals out for the night. Yep. It's complicated at this point in the film, I think, is what I wanted to say. Um, Because the way, I don't know, we're rooting for the warriors at this point. But to be honest, this film is, it's about criminals, right? Yeah. So, like, the guys that we're getting behind, they're they're a gang. Like, they're criminals. We don't know what they've done, really. But they seem likable. And, like, we're in their corner and we're along for the ride. So we do become invested. But some of them might be really bad. And, like, the warriors and the other gangs, too. And the warriors are just, like... I don't know. They they seem like the nicer people in some of the gangs of the, mm. of the other gangs, but still, they're not nice people. And we see here that Ajax wants to stay when they're cutting through the park. He wants to um, try and get some from this woman we see that's alone in the park, who I thought was a Lizzie also. I think yeah. because they, they set the Lizzie's up and then they set this moment up in the park. And yeah, I they yeah. And so the woman alone in the park, it's insinuated that he would rape her if he like if he wants to, you know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. It's free. He's... It's free, you know? Yeah. He tells him, like, teach her a lesson, right? Like, yeah. They, it's just it's like, like, dude. Yeah. And it's insinuated that maybe other guys in the fucking gang might be along for that, too, at another moment in time. But not now. We need to get home. It's like, whoa, like, that's fucking that's not cool. It's heavy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they're not necessarily like heroes in a sense, but we're rooting. They for get them some exercise. Too. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he goes and he tries to. I don't know. It makes it hard to root for these guys in a sense, but you do. And the film at least gives us something to think about, I think, there, which I do appreciate. But the thing is, though, what what I like about this, there's punishment for those actions. There is. Yeah, you're right. Because Ajax, who keeps challenging everyone's masculinity uh, by calling them the F-bomb, it's a term that's definitely not nice, never was nice, and it certainly hasn't aged well. But for me, though, it's it's forgivable in this moment. I'm not going to condemn the scene because it works perfectly for who Ajax is. And how he would speak to other men uh, if they didn't seem as macho as him or whatever. Right. You know? So, yeah, and it works. And then his his macho headedness is what gets him in this fucking, you know, he's thinking with his fucking dick, not his brain. And well, e- even more than that, like, I think it's deeper in that scene because she uh, she was pretty upfront. Like, yeah, yo, you can have it, you know, just chill the fuck out. And yeah, she like, was sort of like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm taking it. Like he uh-huh. made it clear, yeah, he like instantly got rough. Right. And he's like, I like it rough. And yeah. Yeah. Because she was like, hold on, chill. We'll get there. And he's like, nah. This yeah. is me now, and I'm taking it. Yeah. And it turns out she's an undercover cop, and it was a trap. And yeah. the ladies in the subway are also a trap, too, but they're more of a long con. Yeah, well, because they, they are, um, they're using uh, the Lizzie's. You know, they're they're another unaffiliated gang. They don't have, like, the, the same tag. Yeah, as, you're right. They're like the orphans. They're like the orphans. And they know about, like, the what the, you know, or what they think that the Warriors have done. And so they're going to try to get, they're going to use their strength which is their looks to trap uh because they do out bring them back to their pad and everything like yeah and rembrandt you know it's funny they've been making fun of rembrandt and like his like intelligence all night but he's the only one that is like yeah something's not right here i don't like this and he he's the only one that's uh because berman and coaches are just they're thinking with the wrong head Whereas like Rembrandt is like looking around, it's like something's not right here. Yeah, uh, no, actually, Rembrandt sure. and Cowboy they decide to go back for Ajax too in the park, where Swan says he'll go. He's gonna go look for the others. Oh, so it was Snow and uh, Snow and Cowboy. Uh, yeah, was it Snow? And- oh yeah, Rembrandt. I'm yeah. sorry, it was yeah. Snow. My yeah. bad. Yeah, it was Snow and Cowboy. They go to look for him, and they- that's when they see him getting arrested. And then Swan bumps into uh, Mercy, like we said, with the jacket on up mm-hmm. top. And I do think it's admirable that they had the loyalty of like, you know what? Ajax is a fucking asshole, but he's our asshole. We gotta yeah, go. right. Yeah. We gotta go look out for him. And then I find, you know, there's like you, you you get a sense of 
like all most of these dudes came from broken homes basically and they're most likely like in this gang because of that misplaced family sense that they kind of only get from this gang even though you know they give each other shit all the time but um, i felt the this this scene was very telling with the lizzie's too because uh when they're all in there cochise is getting snatched up right uh Mm -hmm. vermin's getting snatched up and and they're like they're kind of sitting there, and then, like you said, Rembrandt's kind of just looking around, eyeballing yep, he it all. Trust it. But you get you you really get a sense of the gang because there's there's a couple of key lines I think that happen where where they're like, uh, like even Vermin says something to the chick where he's like, "You know us? Like mm-hmm. you, you heard of the Warriors?" And she, and she tells him, "She's like, oh yeah, we know the Warriors." Yeah, they're inflating their like, ego to. Yeah, and he's like, trap, yeah, you right? know what? We we are kind of we are kind of famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so it's like it, it, it to me it kind of shows you because one we we know that they're on the rise because they were invited to the to the fucking park to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So they're yeah. already set aside from these other gangs. Uh, two, now we know that they're kind of they're definitely not as known as these other gangs, right? Because even themselves, like even the, even the fact that Vermin is like. Yeah, yeah, you know what? What we are, we are big, you know. And so it's like to me, I got the vibe. This is a newer gang. On the rise, on the rise because they get to go to the big show, but also not known as much because they don't have that same self. Like, like you talk about in the beginning, throwing up the tags, like get the name mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, like they're, you know what I mean. They're building. Right. By the end of this night, their gang is going to be like, don't know because of what they went through to get through this night. But yeah, and so like the Lizzies play on their egos, these men's mm-hmm. egos. Uh, the two in in question, especially a cowboy and vermin, are totally like duped in right away. Uh to these chicks like wanting them um and i was just thinking like this is where like all like all the dudes start to think with their dicks in this moment in the film like fucking for the most part like these two guys do uh ajax does and i'm just thinking like what the fuck is wrong with these guys it's believable though because like dudes definitely do good stuff based on thinking they some sex out of it so oh yeah i get it um but they're being hunted right now in the city so the fact that these guys are cool like yeah we'll lay up with these chicks for a little while and wait to catch the guys like you should be at that train station waiting on your boys that's where you should be yeah but i get the need to maybe duck in because you're overwhelmed by like these are obviously not the strongest guys in the group either like like vermin's pretty tough but the other two dudes like they're scrappy but they're you know cowboy and rembrandt aren't exactly the toughest guys in the group Cochise is with him, right? It's Cochise and yeah, Cochise, oh, Cochise, Rembrandt, yeah. and uh, Berman are in are with the Lizzie. Cochise, that's right. Cowboys up with the other. I keep misplacing Cowboy for some reason. I keep wanting to lump in with these guys. Cowboy yeah, just sort of like, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 like I I get it, guys. You're enticed by these women, but come on, think think straight. So I do also notice that at least Rembrandt, like you said, he's got some sense in him. Like the whole time, he's kind of iffy about it to begin with. And I will say, to be honest, like his character, there's like a hint possibly maybe i'm reaching but that his character could actually be gay and like is it is still not out at this moment he's got that like negative thing and just a little i can't i I caught a couple hints that might it might have been there it just wasn't something he discussed with people because you know obviously i think the actual actor was gay too yeah and so i think also that might be why he didn't succumb to these women's fucking seducings like because he's like no that's it didn't play on him you know what i mean like he he still had a watchful eye. Somebody had to keep watch because these guys were falling for that shit. Either that or right. he's not. I, I caught that. Like, that could have been a little a thing in the background that was playing on his character. He also looks to be the youngest of the group, too. 
Yeah. And maybe he's like, maybe he's not at that point in his life where he's interested in women. Yeah, he's not as interested. And he's also, it could be like any number of things. So it keeps him more alert too. Cause yeah, he's like, we got to, I think both, 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 both of those, I think make a lot of sense. Like you could, you can make a pretty definitive argument for either one. So I think it plays well for his character. I like it. Uh, I like that. He's like, no, something's wrong here. And then they lock the doors. And then and he knows. Like, oh, and you guys are the yeah. you guys are the warriors, right? Yeah. The ones that shot Cyrus, and that's it. Like chaos ensues. Dude, and I love this scene. Like, there's just women slashing everywhere. Yeah. Going crazy. And there's a couple guns brandished, at least two. And you're oh, like, yeah, and you hear in the background, they're like, they're packed. They're yeah, packed. they're packed. Yeah. Dude, I love when they like break that. Like, uh, one, uh... breaks a chair over that one woman's head. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's they rough. It I was fly. like, holy shit. Yeah, they because they want uh, when they were coming up with like the how they were gonna do this movie. It's like you know we need to have a female gang, and it's like but they want they wanted them to be tough and just be like one of the guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is why they created the scene where like you have I forget who like punches out that one chick, but uh you have uh, I think it was Cochise who punched out that one chick, and like they broke he broke a chair over another one. It's just yeah. it's all. The one that was coming after him too looked pretty tough. So I was like, yeah, Rembrandt gets his arm slashed up pretty good. Yeah, he gets he gets cut. That's the one thing that does happen. That's pretty bad. Because he he was protecting uh like one of the guys like yeah. and he like, lifted his arm up and got slashed in the arm because she was going for like you know sticking that knife like right in that guy's chest. Yeah, they no they were gonna kill the warriors and the the place is ape shit. It's popping off and like the, these women are fucking they're 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 off of blood. <laughs> They lock yeah. the doors, like all exits. Uh, yeah, I and they like good. burst through that door like it was uh, fucking cardboard. I love that. And that yeah, it was awesome. and they shoot two two of the women have revolvers. They're and they're shooting there, but they're hitting like columns and stuff like that. The the boys are able to get out. It's pretty squirrely. I like it. They barely make it out of there. And yeah, they they bust through the wood and the glasses all over the place. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So next we get uh the next scene we get Swan. He's in, back in the subway now, uh close to Union Square, and he's alone now. Uh, because he told uh, he told Mercy to beat it right earlier, and uh, what he doesn't know is that she's kind of been still following him, uh, right. tagging along just in the background. Uh, she has nothing better to do. So, and the rest of the group uh, meet up at Union Station. Uh, they're there already, and Snow says that they need to look for Swan. The uh, like I said, the actor just doesn't emote that well, but uh, it's yeah. still cool seeing they're kind of like, listen, we can't get on this train until you know we know what happened to Swan. So right, I dig right. that for them. I kind of like that, you know, the camaraderie. The way they stick together for the most part. And we see they Mercy do. not giving up on Swan. She uh, comes up to him and, and lets him know. Because we saw a scene earlier where Swan was walking. And there's this dude in overalls on roller skates. In the same yeah. subway system kind of skating around. It's like, all right, whatever. He looks out of Almost place. Almost has a year. Overalls on. Almost. To have overalls on like in the city just seems odd to me. Like if you were in this the country. Yeah, but. Is the gang, dude. It's a weird. This, yeah. this is it for you? <laughs> Dog. These are the guys. <laughs> I, I I almost wish that this dude had a unibrow. The mullet gang, yeah, <laughs> kind of like the the overall this, mullet. Every single one of these characters in this gang looks like they are straight out of fucking Earthbound, bro. <laughs> this is this is Ness <laughs> and his boy fucking Lucas. Oh, the, you like their little outfit, dude? It, it, I as soon as you said Earthbound, I was like, oh my god, these this, this is the Ness gang. Yeah. The oh, Ness. I thought oh, yeah, we get hilarious. the Nest gang, I guess. Now, on no, roller no, skates and shit gang. rolling around. Like, they I don't thought they were all going to be on roller skates. I was like, what the fuck? It was just that yeah. guy, though. Yeah. So I was like, that's an I wish story. they were all on roller skates. Yeah, I kind of wish that was like their thing. Like, overalls and roller sick, skates. Dude. Like, what? What? 
Have you guys ever met the baseball furies? Like you guys could party it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's I thought that I thought so too, because they get that one dude on roller skates, and I'm like, oh, they're all gonna be on roller skates. Cause I yeah. have the guy. But now the the overalls were the main tie-in yeah. to everybody. In the striped With shirt. The, yeah, the striped shirt. Yeah. The, the the feathery hair. You gotta have like a feathery hair. Uh yeah. So the the uh what's his name seems like he's overrun. He's gonna be overrun by gang members at this point, Swan. Uh-huh. And she kind of tells him, like, oh, those guys are out there, like they wanna get you. And it's like, dude, they're like 10 feet away from me. Like, I know they're there. Yeah, he's like, no now, shit. Now they, they know you. Like, you're, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But then we get the warriors. They they were looking for him, and they find him. They coming down the stairs at the same time, and he kind of gestures to them with his eyes and his head, like, "Yo, this is right there." And I guess somehow those guys, the overall gang, just don't see them or hear them. And yeah, so, yeah like, guess, he, that's a good point. Yeah, he kind of tells them like they cut the other direction. They go into the bathroom instead. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. he and then he lures in the overall gang, and more of those guys show up as this happens also, yeah. and he kind of lures them in with mercy into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they so they travel into the bathroom, and then nobody's in there. They're like, wait, a yeah. And we get like they start looking under the stalls, and the one guy on the rollerblades, uh, roller skates, kind of does like a, a once over, and then he backs up, and then starts looking under him again. Yeah, yeah. And that's when Rembrandt uh, so, like pops out. Yeah. So this is this is such a um, this is such a kind of a like cool scene. So that it bathroom is. technically does not exist. No. That that was the one of the few times where it was actually a set that they created. Well, because they trashed the hell out of it. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they mission impossible that shit, bro. Yeah, dude. Dude, yeah. So it was like Mission Impossible like, Seven. Kick the doors off. Fuck through mirrors and break shit. the mirrors. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a set. Um, and but yeah, dude. It this is like Rembrandt comes out with like his the fucking red spray spray. Paint Smart paint. move, man. Yeah, you know, he's not a dude. He's not a big dude. He's not a like. But he fucking used what he could to get an advantage, which I respect the shit out of, you know? Light up the eyes. Yeah. yeah. And then he decks him. Nice, solid punch, too. You hear it, at least in the sound effects. Like, yeah. Nice wallet. Yeah. But yeah, this fight scene's fucking great. Yeah, it is. It's hectic as fuck. It is. It reminded me of, like, Batman, you know? Like, some of oh, these fights sure. are, like, Batman, you know, like the Adam West shit, where they're just, like, dudes being thrown in the background. And, you just like, expect, like, a bop and breaking, a boom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just missing that stuff, which makes <laughs> sense because the creator was inspired by like comic books a bit. So yeah, the, you know, the director was with the way he wanted to tell this story. Oh, you can tell by the gang the way the gangs are outfitted for sure. Yeah. They they look like like super villains for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that bathroom scene though, that you know what I just thought of? It's like that uh that fight scene in Casino Royale, that opening fight scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And remember yeah. he's smashing him through all the fucking toilets and shit, and they're like breaking through all the yeah. walls and knocking. You the know another good bathroom out. fight, True Lies. Oh yeah, dude, True Lies, phenomenal bathroom scene in the beginning. Never seen it. What? what? Oh my god, <laughs> that's Are going we... on the fucking list. I'm doing it right now, right now. <laughs> can we? Can we do this tomorrow? No. <laughs> seriously, dude, that's got to go on the list. True Lies. I was, I, was like, I saw him shaking his head. I was like, oh, he. You haven't seen list. Running Man either, right? Because that's on mm-hmm. my list. I haven't nope. seen Running Man either. Yeah, so Running Running Man is on my list, but Total True Recall. Obviously, you know, like I've seen. You've seen Total Recall? Oh yeah, that's a okay. yeah. So True Lies is going on my list for right now. We can whoever it's either yours or mine, Rob. But we gotta we gotta show True Lies to John. That's you, buddy. You put that on your. Uh, All right, I'll put it on there. What was that? Nineteen ninety one, ninety three, ninety four, ninety four. Whatever. I'll put it as whatever. 1990 question mark. Anyway, back to the Warriors. Yeah, so uh, uh, where were we at? Uh, did it? Oh, the bathroom brawl. Yep. Back to the bathroom brawl. Just, dude, 
when everybody just comes storming out of the stalls and they're just yeah. attacked. It's, it's pretty chaos. uniformed, man. All those doors kicked open at the same time. Yeah, it was good. Like, like Rembrandt, yeah, they, they was had like a game plan. Yeah, but you, there was no way of knowing Rembrandt was going to be the first door open, though. Yeah, but this is the well. I mean, they like, did have a game plan, attack. yeah. Because he's, a, a we, we thought with, uh, I think this is why it was important to have the Lizzies because we actually see he's a smart kid. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. he's got a game plan going on, and this is also where this proves that Mercy's really a part of the group because she fights along with them. Yeah. She does. Oh, get him! Get him! <laughs> yeah, because she's watching Swan like fucking kick ass. He's like yeah. picking dudes up and throwing them into mirrors and shit. Get yeah. a little bit moist there, I think. Uh, and just the uh, just the brutality of it all. And I like that the fight never goes like it's not like the warriors are instantly kicking ass. That they are though, but there's also like the other the other the other guys are hitting back too. Like, but then eventually, just the warriors just start like tearing their ass up. Yeah, yeah. They're obviously and it's like they had those bats that they took from the Furies that they like. I mean, they hit them so hard they broke the bats. Yeah, yeah. Snow's fucking dudes up in this moment too. Uh, yeah. You see, he may not talk a lot, but he was kicking ass down there in the bathroom, and everybody's yeah. like you said, even Mercy's getting involved. And I like the way that scene just uh, the way it ends with um, Swan tossing that last guy through the stall, and the shot yep. it's like through the stall, like we're in the stall already, and we get to see the door get broken open. And yeah, the guys, just like upside okay. down, and and it kind of slow mos to Swan, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so in this one, head. like, there's a lot of slow motion that's used in this film, but it's done and like, like I said, it's very comic booky. This case, it so works like, perfectly for the scenes when they use it. Yeah, yeah. See, like, I I, it, there are films that use that slow motion to perfection. This is one of those. Unlike uh, a film that is extremely flawed, like Mission Impossible Two, where they man, they really fuck around with that and shit that it does not work for that film yeah it's a fine line if you're gonna put it in your film i think it's good for this movie i think it essentially it works perfectly for the war scenes that yeah like the scene like uh, cyrus getting shot i think works perfectly in, in the slow-mo to see the after effect of like him taking the bullet and whatever and we, I think like it looks said, fun. this is a very this is a comic yeah. book slash video game style film where you like you enhance the drama of like the fight scenes and the 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 uh, with the slow motion and it worked. Yeah, and then you play it off with some drama. How do you guys like the dramatic parts that are in the film? Do they is there it's, are there moments where you're just like I I, I don't really need these. I kind of just want to see more gang fights or do they work? Like the I thought it was blended they, really well. Just the romance, like the dialogue between Swan and what's her name down in the tunnels. I thought was pretty decent. Um, yeah, I like I like the only like I said the only scene that didn't quite work for me was with the with that group of that that prom those prom mm-hmm, dates yeah. come on to the train later. That was the only one like I like the interaction of the warriors like you have, like where Mercy's trying to fix herself up and Swan's like no, nah, don't do that. That's cool. But I didn't understand like the whole like uh that whole scene with like the the prom dates coming on. Other than that, like yeah, dude, the the drama and like the character development and everything because hmm. the film does have some tangents it goes off on right where like we, how we lose ajax's character and yeah you know the, the uh, he's punished for his actions yeah fox how he fox goes and, he's punished for his actions yeah and, and uh, you know vermin and cochise could have easily met the same fate had it not yeah. been for rembrandt saving their ass yeah totally yeah they totally would have been killed they were about to be fucking snuffed those girls were not playing around no. <laughs> they were just long conning it and i can respect the shit out of that uh but yeah, overall, like yeah, so they 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 get back on the train, uh, right? That's where we're at after the yep, fight, yep. and the they brawl in the fucking bathroom. Just leave that place to waste. Um, 
and they get on the train, the last train going back to Coney Island. Everyone's celebrating, but Swan. Yeah. Um, like, we're not home till we're home. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because they keep saying we made it. We made it. Yeah. And though, so the riffs, the riffs' new leader at this point also is getting some news. We see the riffs back at their place. He gets some news from someone that says, "Well, he's getting news on what's." going on with the warriors and how they haven't been caught yet and they're almost home but then also it gets news from someone that wants to testify and tell him that they saw who really shot cyrus and so we never get to see that conversation happen but we know he's going to say it's luther right so when we cut to i think back to the warriors getting home and the train scene the reason i do like the prom people when they get on the train is they when they get off in a hurry they drop the flowers and it gets sucked there and then we we forget about those for a minute but when they get back off the train uh, Swan kind of grabs him as a gesture for um, what's her name? Mercy. Yeah. Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. And there's somebody else's flowers and they're thrown away and discarded, but he picks right. them up. Perfect. And still, it's still a meaningful gesture. I don't like seeing things go to waste. Yeah. Uh, to give it to her kind of like, exactly. he's not, he's not going to be like, oh, I think you should be my lady. You know what I mean? But uh, right. yeah, it plays well. I think, but I think it's that's also nice like gesture. the way that he says that too. Is I don't like to see things go to waste. Yeah. Like you. He's not just talking about the flowers. He's talking about mercy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you have something, yeah. You 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 have qualities and you you're not aware of. Like you're 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 special, but you know you're giving it away to all these guys and yeah, just quit fucking everybody. Uh, and then he even says, like, I love that scene when he gets off the train and he sees Coney Island in the daytime. He's seeing Brooklyn in the daytime, and it's like it's done. And he's just like, this is what we fought all night to get home for too. Like it's fucking the, the shithole, shit you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's like fucking <laughs> what the fuck. Uh, and then he's like, almost, th- it seems like maybe he's like, well, I might just get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? And stop with this shit. And she's kind of like, take me with you. Like, I yeah, like we'll to travel. travel. Yeah. And he's like, what? You've never been anywhere. How do you know? And she's like, I would just, I know. <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah. But I like that. I liked it. It's a, mo- it's a romantic moment about being too like heavy handed. I think it works for their characters because they just met really. So. And the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get the famous line from the film. Yes. This is the, the one everybody scene. knows, dude. We hear that clanking of the bottles, uh, which so. Well, we hear the car roll up first and that thing. It comes up behind them as they walk. They're cutting through the park, which is such a cool scene. I don't know yeah. how they got if The park would have been closed, but whatever. They they're cutting through the park off the train, I guess. And they're like almost home. They're on their home turf. And then we hear the idle of the car. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and it's, that is a 1955 Cadillac hearse. You sure? I thought that's what that yes, was. Yes, I am oh, sure. Cool. <laughs> All right. So I made one mistake. God damn it. Laid it down. Now. Yeah, car guys got mind. it. But no, it's a cool scene. And I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, come on, you guys got to hear that shit. And they do. But it's just like what Swan said earlier. It's like you, you can't turn around and let them know that you know they're there. Kind of just got to play it cool and, and bide your time until it's ready. You know, time to strike, basically. Right. So they just keep walking. And I like that they're being stalked by this like vehicle with these dudes in it. And then, yeah, then that's when they go down into they go under the pier. They run once they get around the corner, basically. Dude, I thought he was putting that switchblade in between his ass cheeks. Yeah, I was like, like that is not a good cobra. I thought he was going to prison wall at that shit. He's going to put it down in his butt crack like uh, the killer from Cobra. The night <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, that is pretty. That dangerous. was weird because he kind of exposed it, but now we see how it plays out later. Like, well, like, hey, you know, get to it easily. What second? Yeah, it was in his belt have loop. A switchblade yeah. used in the film with uh, Dirty Harry in this one. Yeah, true. So yeah, it's the switchblade archaeology. Yeah, but, yeah. Man. So yeah, and then this, that's when the car pulls up, and we get the scene where we hear the clinking of the bottles. Yeah. So the uh, David Patrick Kelly talks about how. Like I said, these all these guys all lived in New York at this time. Uh, before filming had started, 
David Patrick Kelly mm-hmm. had, uh, who plays Luther, he essentially had his apartment like robbed, like right before, like from one of his neighbors. And he also at a time of there was a, a like a thug that would constantly like berate him and would talk to him like he does the Warriors. And he's like, so he used the frustration of being like robbed before filming goes like, I mean, essentially he was robbed of all of his friends. He had mm-hmm. nothing. And then he had he remembered that time from like when he was growing up with that that person would constantly like uh, just tease him and taunt him like he does the Warriors like okay I'm gonna use this for the character because they right. they felt like they needed something extra for this scene yeah he's like agitating the, you know what I mean like the situation yeah. yeah and it's it's almost like Luther is like he is kind of like lost it at this point and so he is like uh, he's I think he's drawing upon his own personal thing that like is you know fucking pissing him off mm-hmm. and he's also like as a as his character of luther is also starting to lose it and so it just sounds like so deranged like what he like the warriors come out to play the way he t- yeah. repeats it several times too and john yeah. Uh, rob yeah you're definitely right too because he is losing it because there's a moment earlier where one of his guys says like his lieutenant says like bro, what the fuck? Why are we even getting involved with this? Or like, And he's just kind of like, well, I'm just having fun, you know? Like, this is fun. He's having fun getting and going after these people. And yeah, the chaos excites him. And so yeah. he definitely lost it. Sort of like a joker, I, a young joker. But he's also kind of totally. like, he's, he's losing as well because he's been promising that he can deliver the, the warriors as... Yeah, and like, they've made it home. Yeah. And we don't know who, who he's talking to on the phone. Yeah, we never figured that out. We never figure it out. At all. They never mentioned it. I'm just assuming it was like a crime syndicate thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what would make the most sense to me. But yeah, maybe it could have been officials, but they never tell you one way or the other. But yeah, the, the gang make it home. And yeah, they show up. Uh, Quick, just side tangent. Uh, Coney Island, as a kid, I have been there. I've been there a couple of times, but as a kid, I was there. And uh, they famously have an old roller coaster, really old one called the Cyclone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's also a baseball team named after them now. Brooklyn Cyclones, whatever, but it's a it's like a rickety wooden roller coaster that goes really fast and it's like scarier oh, yeah. because of that. It's fucking it's yeah. Um they're also the birthplace of the Nathan's hot dog, which is like yep. a big deal. That they have that corner Nathan still there. And I don't know if they do now still. I'm assuming they still do, but well that's where they was hold a kid the, they hot dog, the Nathan's hot yeah, dog eating came from. Yeah, and it's on the corner, people line up and it's very iconic. So it's cool kind of to see that in the movie. That is, that's that is their my home favorite turf. hot dog brand. I do like Yeah, that. good old Joey Chestnut. Yeah, like a, a glizzy, as uh, G-Dog would say. He, ba- he buries them things, dude, two at a time. He probably rolls them up in a burrito. And yeah, then just eats oh, them for that sure. Because it's so much easier. It's the perfect <laughs> food delivery device. That big old pervert. Say. But yeah, so yeah, Luther and the rogues are creeping. Uh, and they're, they're, trying to get, they're trying to get the warriors to come out and play. <laughs> uh, pun intended. Um, yeah, and it's like... I don't know. You can kind of just feel the tension uh, rising at this moment. And the Warriors, I like, I love that scene where they go and get prepared for two seconds and they just, they're scrappy. Like I said, they just grab pipes, break pipes. They break bottles. Mercy's there. She breaks a bottle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he, he tells her like, leave Swan's like, get out of here. And you know, cause like this shit's about to go down. She's like, nah, fuck that. I could take care of myself. And she stays. Yeah. But yeah, the, the other dude grabs like a thing off the wall, like a metal flat thing to smack people with. And I forgot what the other guy's yeah. doing, but they're all grabbing weapons and shit. It's like mm-hmm. they're not fucking around. And they meet up with the gang. And this part's cool, but it's a little cheesy too. Like this face to face on the beach. Uh, Luther's 
I feel like Luther's sneakier than that, but then he does pull out a weapon. Like he pulls out his gun anyway. So like we do see yeah. like he's not. This is where uh, this is the Ojibwe fight in the film because you have he's the only one that has a weapon that can kill them all, and yeah. so Swan is like Sandro in this moment. You know, uh, kind of like that final standoff with the gang. Hmm. And, I can see that. And he because he throws the switchblade into his shooting arm. Which is cool, but the gun goes off and it looks like he dodges a bullet and there yep. are people standing behind him. Where right. did the bullet go? I yeah. need to know this. It definitely seems like, like that was I was like, uh, some, did he slice somebody... the bullet in half with the switchblade as it's spinning and then it hit into, uh, you know what I mean? Like he did like a wanted thing. No, it's not as good as <laughs> what they did in Yojimbo, but that's kind of what they were going for here. I like it. it... It's a cool idea, like, oh, I dodge and I hit your arm. But it's a bullet, man. You're yeah. just a dude. This movie's been played out like realistic violence uh, for the most part, except for like some exaggerated throwing and stuff like that. But and then all of a sudden this scene where it's just like, oh, I'm going to die. Like, I don't know. It looks cool. But man, you're dodging a bullet. That, that shit happens really fast. Yeah. This is also like one. So he gets a switchblade like caught in his arm. He drops the gun. And he's crying like, for his mommy at this moment. Yeah. he uh, And. This also reminded me of last week with Dirty Harry and the uh, Scorpio, who was like, ha- like when yeah. he got stabbed in the leg, he's yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of that moment, which is wow. weird to me because I would think that you would, um, in that situation, your adrenaline is pumped so high, you know what I mean? Like you're in this fucking life and death fight, and you got a gun, and like I. I mean, I I get it; it's movie magic, you know what I mean? But I feel like if you're in that situation, it's gonna be pretty easy for you to just rip that thing out and be like oh fuck it's it's on you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't I know i've never been he fucking pulls it out too and he like blade. puts it flat on his hand first and then you know he, like he like he put it on the table the like look i have a gun like he didn't pull it out ready to go sure yeah 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 i don't know and then like we said like i guess swan anticipating this or something of this nature he had his switchblade ready to go too right um and just give me a moment later earlier on maybe when they were biding time under a bridge waiting for the train show swan throwing a switchblade at the wall sure at a piece right. of wood like practicing and then we know that, like oh he's good at throwing the thing and then that's kind of what at least would have given that scene a little bit something plus we uh i think uh, we kind of brushed over the fact that he tried to call him out one-on-one he's like yo yeah, let's go he did. And, uh, and, then, and he was like fuck out of here dude yeah you'll kill me bro <laughs> he's yeah. like look at your chest bro <laughs> yeah get the fuck out of here yeah uh yeah he's definitely because yeah uh luther's just uh he's like a little weasel yeah you know he like we've seen that already in this film the way he does things the way he takes people out and he never fights fair so uh but yeah <laughs> we get the ninja star throw into the wrist and he yep. drops the blade and then at that moment instead of the warriors taking care of him the riffs, the riffs show up like an yeah. army of riffs are just there on the beach we see the glare and the main riffs like fucking aviators yep uh it's, it's a, a cool beautiful shot, shot. yeah on the beach and everything, it adds like a cool like uh, contrast to the rest of the film being taken place all at night in the grimy streets in New York, alleyways, train stations. Now we're on the beach. It's dawn. You know, uh, it's cool. I like it. And they're going to do their justice to him. Yeah. And, and they let the warriors. they let the warriors go. I like the way they kind of part the tide. Yep. Yeah. And then open it up and let him let them through. And then they just swarm on the uh, on the rogues Luther. essentially especially what's his name you hear him screaming luther Whoa. luther he's like oh no 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 because no. even in the moment like he gets him to say 
right? Like he's like, uh, he gets him to admit to killing Cyrus, right? And he's like, why would you kill him? And he's like, I just like doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's just like fucked up. And then you get, and, and then that's why, you know, once you see him all roll up, he's like, oh shit. And, and, you know, he, no words even really need to be exchanged. It's like, we just fucking heard you say you mm-hmm. shot him. And yeah. so that's why it's kind of like this moment of just like, all right, warriors, you're cool. Get the fuck he out of here. He says that, but he's definitely taking orders from someone. Like, he's definitely getting something from somebody over the Oh, for, for sure, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely somebody got him to do this. But like you said, he's just crazy enough to just go and do it anyway because he doesn't think about it. It's just like, yeah, fuck it. I live for right. this stuff. Uh, yeah, but the riffs hear about it and they come in on him. And that also, I noticed, like, I know the rogues are supposed to look like some, like, greasers maybe but they look like a bunch of leather daddies here on the they fucking do. beach <laughs> like, for don't sure they, they do <laughs> dude, the hats, like, dude, not a good look really the I way they know, kind of move like... is just like oh shit all yeah, right like, they're yeah, like, they're they're like, like they're, they have a cool like uh symbol of the rogues but like other than that, it's cool patch cool yeah they do have cool patches i like it but we also get that amazing line uh from the dj uh in the beginning it's uh, i mean at this part where she's just like good news boppers and she says the big alerts off you know and yeah. she calls it out basically like, uh, you know, kind of like an assault, we're sorry uh, yeah. that we we sent everybody after you guys. Uh, that's RB. Yeah. For one group that had such a hard time getting at home, you know, getting home. We're sorry. And here's a song <laughs> they play for you. She's <laughs> like, OK, thanks. <laughs> thanks for almost having us killed and then playing yeah. a song for us. Oh, what was the other song that she played when they when they queued it Nowhere up? Nowhere to I... run. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. What was the song that they play at the end here, Rob? Uh, in the city. Yeah. In the city. You said that uh, song was specifically made for the, this movie? They made it specifically for this movie, yeah. This really? Is, uh, this was a uh, uh, unique song that was written by our composer and Joe Walsh of the... Yeah, it oh, kicks sure. in and we we get the remaining warriors walking on the beach. Like, they have to be exhausted at this point. And then there's, like, the morning light on them and the credits start rolling. And we see Swan and Mercy holding hands uh, in the back, like, of the group. And that's kind of just the ending. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I do have a so now that we, yeah, that's that's the movie. There was concern about uh, as far as like the gang extras film. The concern that was going to the the way this movie was released, uh, they were like, no, we can't have this. It, so they it's going to incite more gang activity, like excite people. Yeah, exactly. Glorifies so, it. Yeah. And so the uh, I think because Paramount is the one that put this out, and they they actually. Um, they said if movie theaters did not want to put this in their city, they would they wouldn't face any sort of consequences for that. It's like it's fine, do whatever you mm. need to do, whatever. And I mean, yeah, and the reality, like what happened, is like none of that shit happened. You know, speaking of the box office, I, I have a few uh, quotes here. So after two weeks of free free of incidents, the studio expanded display ads to take advantage of reviews from reputable critics, including Pauline Kale of the New Yorker. She wrote. The Warriors is a real movie maker's movie. It has, in visual terms, the kind of impact that Rock Around the Clock did behind the titles of Blackboard Jungle, which is a movie that we should do. It's really good. The Warriors is like visual rock. At Seattle's Grand Illusion Cinema, programmer Zach Carlson remembers, people were squeezed in, lying on the floor, cheering. By its sixth week, the Warriors had grown $16.4 well above its estimated $4 uh, to $7 million budget. Oh, yeah. So it was successful. It was success- huh. It was successful. Uh, the director reflects what made it a success with young people is that for the first time, somebody made a film within Hollywood, big distribution, 
that took the gang situation and did not present it as a social problem, presented them as a neutral or positive aspect of their lives. As soon as you said in the old day, old days, gang movies, it was how do we cure the pestilence and how do we fix the social waste? We want to take these kids, make sure they go to college. This was just a movie that conceptually was different. Accepted the idea of the gang, didn't question it, that was their lives. They functioned within that context. And the social problem wasn't, were they going to go to college, but were they going to survive? It's the great Hoxian dictum. Where is the drama? Will he live or die? That's the drama. Uh, He adds, Hollywood forgives a lot when you have a hit. I don't know what to say about it other than the fact it was just a gift in terms of getting it. The studio hated it and didn't even want to release it. There was a lot of friction with management at the time. Some of it might have been my own, but that's kind of uh, the the perception of the film. And like it, it, it was a kind of a cult success, despite like all the the controversy behind it. But it's the same thing with like movies like Taxi Driver or uh, Joker that came out a number uh, just a few years ago, mm. where oh, oh everyone's gonna like you know fuck people up and they're they're gonna rot, they're gonna go crazy because they saw this film. I mean, how many fucking times have we heard that with like Satanic Panic and all this other shit that goes on? It's like people it, unhinged people who don't know reality from fiction might go. Yeah, crazy. latch on to something regardless of what's put out there. Yeah, yeah. and that's not. That's not the fault of the movie uh, yeah, no. or, or anything else. It's their fault. They're the ones that are the problem. It's just that movies like this or movies like The Joker or something like that, Taxi Driver, like they're showing you the eyes of the story of an antagonist. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know Whatever what I mean? Like they're they're side. they're they're making a film based on the people. Yeah, like that the you're taxi driver about. is an he's an ill man. Like he's Ill. right. Yeah, like dealing with. Uh, that's why and he's oh, yeah. We're we're meant to be uncomfortable during that film. Yeah. So if you're, if you're celebrating this guy, like maybe maybe you're the problem, not the other way, not the movie. I think it's more people celebrate the filmmaking and overall of anything yeah, about these movies, not the. Said, yeah, I, I think the it. the characters. The uh, only movie I ever watched that was like I watched it and was like, "This is this fucked me up." Was Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I finished Natural good. Born Killers and felt ill. Like yeah, I was, was like. Too. It's an assault on the senses, that movie. That, that shit was so intense. Like, it was just so much shit that you're just like, mm-hmm. like I, I remember trip. by the time the credits roll, you're just like, oh, God, turn yeah. this shit off. I used to watch that movie a lot when I was a kid. That and Days and Confused, like, all summer, me and my friends would hang out at my house. And anytime we were bored, we'd I like Days and Confused a lot. I do not like Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers, I don't know. We kind of love the zany craziness. And I was into, I knew that it was a Tarantino uh, script. At the time, yeah. so I kind of like latched onto it because of that. Also, and I don't know, Oliver Stone is a pretty good. Film I might maker. give it. Another oh yeah, he's shot, a beast. Yeah, yeah. I like Netflix. I think it's a good film. It's just crazy. Like it, yeah. it does. It makes you feel a, a certain way, which is like. Also, I think you should give it credit for that. But we're not right. reviewing um, Natural Born Killers tonight, so we could put it on the docket. Yeah, I, I'd be down for that. Just, I, I kind of want to revisit that. Actually, yeah, we can do that. I, I I haven't watched it in a really long time, so. But let's get back to the Warriors because we're running a little late. Uh. Heidrick, this is your film. This is my what film. Oh, uh, one one thing I did notice with the credits, I saw that Joel Silver was one of the associate producers of this film. Um, yes, he was. Well, I guess when he was coming up before he did Die Hard and stuff like that. Oh, sure. That was interesting. Yeah, I dug that. Oh, yeah. So this is my film. So uh, my pick. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do. Uh, I'll give you guys my my review. I'll bust it down. Boppers, you guys, you boppers, ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
Um, some pros, the atmosphere in this film, I think just is palpable. It's just, you feel the gritty New York streets. Like as soon as the film starts, I dig it. Um, I know that the film itself is sort of supposed to be like a fictional version of New York in a sense, sort of, uh, but yeah. it feels very on the nose for just the time frame it takes place. in. honestly, that's what it feels like to me, except for some of the zany stuff. Like most of it just feels grounded and I think it works really well. And I think that's why it seems like a time capsule too. Um, just the look of everything and the way it's shot is just, I don't know, man. There's great variety in the cast. I think everyone performs, like every performer shines in, in their moments. Uh, some of them, you know, they weren't known actors or they were up and coming. But for the most part, I think they do pretty well. Uh, the main people that they focus on, I think, do the best, obviously. Yeah. Um, but there's some decent performances. I, I, I like it overall. It's an ensemble cast, so. We never focus on one person. I do feel the sense of uh, family in this gang and their pressing need to get home. Like I feel it in the, you know, they need to get home to their home turf. That's all that matters right now. Uh, except for some, I guess they're women. Women are a distraction, but I, it feels genuine uh, between all these young adults that they just need to, they're out of their area. They're really far from home and they just need to get home. And I feel that, and I feel that there there's moments of loyalty with them where I do feel like, even though they butt heads at the end of the day, they're all warriors. Right. So like they stick together. And I, I think the film does a good job of uh, purveying that for you to in the small time we have with these characters. I feel it right from the get go. Uh, I, I'm really I'm really into the tense and it, like adventurous nature of the story. I think it just works for me. It sweeps me up and I'm just along for the ride right from the get go. It has an amazing like first 15 minutes. And I think it's just a sign of really great writing and filmmaking. Um, there's some fantastic choreography uh, as far as the fighting goes I just think the fights play out pretty well they're all really rough looking and I dig them uh, they're cartoonish a little bit like zany but I, I, I think it fits this world that we're in because when the shit hits the fan like people get knocked out they get bottles broken over their head and it's rough you know uh, we don't see any gore which is fine you know I think the brutality is still there without that there's some fantastic uh, cinematography as well. Just the amazing scenes. Uh, a lot of these settings just shot really well. Like shitty settings, you know, I mean, just like back back alleys and shit. But yeah. they're all done really well. They're all lit gorgeously. And the music's awesome that accompanies them. I really enjoy the score. I think it's tense at times when it needs to be. It keeps the film going at a great pace. And I think having the soundtrack play over the radio with the messages was genius. I like that setup. Um, there's some great licensed music in here too, but just yeah. the original score uh, is really good. I love the synth stuff and the horror like strings, uh, like ding ding. There's just a lot mm -hmm. of that. I dig it. I think this film does that. We noticed that a little bit with uh, Cobra had something similar to. Uh, yeah. I kind of like oh, that yeah, when you yeah. get a little bit of a horror vibe in a movie that's not necessarily horror, but there's horrific elements to this film, like being chased through home by groups of killers. It's pretty crazy. It reminded me of Manhunt too. Manhunt got their inspiration. Remember Manhunt, the video game? Oh, yeah. There's Bro, that all, shit the, was all the different gangs you had to go through. Like one of them definitely reminded me of the Rembrandts. I mean, of the, not the Rembrandts, the, uh, that would be a cool game, of the um, Furies. I yeah. Think, yeah. In, that, in that game. So yeah. And it was done by Rockstar. And then Rockstar did the video game for uh, this movie. I think that's one of the only games that ever in my generation I can think of where that shit got banned, right? Uh, Manhunt, Mindhunter. I mean, um, what's it called? Manhunt? Manhunt. Yeah. Definitely. It got banned in like the UK, I think, or Australia. Um, but yeah, there are some cons, though. There's some outdated language, like we've said, already used in this film. But, it, you know, it's a representation of the time as well as a product of it. So it fits. I can't really come down hard on it, but I could see it bothering some people. It's definitely a critique. 
But I mean, it's a film of its time. It's capturing that moment. They're not yeah, going to young change. people yeah. coming to this for the first time would be like, oh, yeah, they, yeah, they definitely will be more shocked by some of the language. Their but, pearls. You know, it, it fits for these pe- these characters. I think people would realize that um, there's some acting in here that isn't as great. It's not terrible, mind you, but some of the acting isn't great. And there's some moments where I think like another take may have just helped the actor in that moment. Like the actor's capable of getting that scene right, but we just didn't give them the time or who knows. I don't mm-hmm. know how long it took to get some of these scenes, but I think there's moments where I think these actors could have had a better performance in them. And it just wasn't, you know, they didn't, maybe they didn't have the patience or the timing to get it. So who knows? There are elements that play or feel like a little silly here and there. They're minimal, like the gangsters on roller skates. I don't know. That just seems like a weird <laughs> choice. Uh, men dressed as psychotic Yankees. Just is it's odd, but it's so iconic now. It's just, it works. Uh, some of the gangs are just a little odd, but it lends to the feel as well. So it's like not really a huge ding. Uh, overall, like this is just a fun film. Uh, you know, and with that said, I'm going to give the Warriors, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it an instant classic slash by it. I'm putting instant classic first in order though, because I think it is basically an instant classic, but there are a few dings on it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's not quite a buy it instant classic to me. It's, it's going backwards a little bit. Yeah, so it's I a really it. good film that I could see wanting to buy or it also has classic status, in my opinion, as well. So, yeah, yeah. it's not quite a perfect film. So it's an instant classic. Slash play. So that's why I'm for the it. for the uninitiated. Our our rating system, we, we from top to bottom, we have instant classic, buy it, rent it, just watch the trailer and never, ever watch this shit. And sometimes we're going to float in between a couple yeah. of those ratings. Yeah, like a 4.75 or a 4.5. Yeah, or yeah. Three, and I think, like, yeah, yours is like like a 4.8 or something like that. Yeah, like, I'm like, up, I'm close to a 5, man. But, like, it's just, it's got some dings for me. Mr. Onslaught, John, how do you feel about this film? Oh, me? <clears throat> well, uh, I really enjoyed it. This is uh, this is a film that it's... I, it's always tough when uh, when we do these because it's it's like uh, everything Hydraberg said is just extremely applicable to 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 my thought process of it. Right? Uh, loved the the sh- like the whole shots of them running through the city and this like you know st- like being on the subway looking at the map. Not you know what I'm like. It just there's a lot of things that I thought it did perfectly that that was uh, a lot of fun to watch. Um, same thing, the characters, right? Just the, the, some of the ridiculous gangs that we get, we t- like with the Furies, like, but you love it. Like the Furies, I think it's like, I never in my, like throughout me watching this film, I don't think there was a point where a gang popped up where I was just like, oh, that's just ridiculous and funny. Like it was just like, oh, that's them. Yeah. That's what they do. They're, they're that's, you know what I mean? Uh, I love, love, love the city shots. Uh, we talked about, you know, with the rain and the and the lights off of the ground with that. It just the cinematography, I thought, was super, super bomb. Uh, the score, I didn't really I I kind of mentioned this before in the past. Like it, it usually doesn't grab me. So and that's with any movie. So I wouldn't say that I really noticed it or, or paid, you know, too close attention to it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Just something to mention. Love the characters. Like I said, the Warriors especially, each character is just so unique and has their own, you know, flavor that they bring. Um, the only really knock I would say would be the, uh, like we talked about the death of, uh, oh shit, what was his name? Box. Box. 
Yeah. Like that, that's, uh, uh, that's really the only hard thing I can say about the movie where it's just like, it just didn't, it just didn't make any sense. And it was a little weird. Um, it's a good call actually. The, the language, you know, same thing, just insert what Heidelberg said here. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a good movie. It's, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, for me, my rating would be the most solid by it a movie could have like this is like the the toppest tier of buy it it this is could break the threshold to instant classic but it's a very very hard buy it that is like yeah you will enjoy it you'll watch it more than once i can guarantee you that i watched this movie twice leading up to this i don't do that a whole lot uh really? for the movies that we cover usually it's uh, uh watch it once get my notes and i'm good to go um right. but this is a movie that i can already tell like i would go back and watch again you know, Did you watch this show... with your wife? Uh, no, because I watched it uh, in the morning. So okay. she was she was doing something else. Um, but I think she would like it. I I do. So it's you know it's it's one that I wouldn't mind owning. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Style uh, buy it. Yeah. For me, I think I'm I'm a little bit with Heidelberg here. I it is a I'm uh maybe a little bit lower than him. I'm a buy it slash instant classic on this one. Yep. They said there there's very minuscule things that that did um i think could be trouble for people watching this film the uh, getting control of who the characters are is a little difficult i mean we held we, uh we had trouble kind of like keeping the characters straight i and the only reason i was able to keep it straight one i wrote down who they were and then i watched it like two or three times so yeah. that that certainly helped um and so now i have them like in my in my like kind of like in my head so now i know who who's who and who did what but uh that if you're only watching this for like the first time that could be a problem um i also said too like there's a few there's like a scene here or there where it's like maybe that could be cut maybe we could uh, like this is a very short film it's only 100 uh uh, an hour and 30 minutes so it's not really like a long movie but it's like maybe like trim like a little bit here or there or if, if we're not going to expand and explain a little bit more yeah, I'm always like in a fan. If we're not going to do that, then let's cut it back. But that's really the only knock I have on the film. Everything else is great. Uh, cool characters, cool fight scene, yep. great costumes, good story. And the the story is easy to follow. It, like it's it's very easy. Like you know what they're going to do. There's this thing that happens, and the warriors are blamed, and they have to get from where they are to home. And they had to fight these gangs along the pretty easy premise. Uh, so it's it in that sense, it's easy to follow. It's a great film. I see why it's an uh, iconic film that people still talk about. We're looking now, what, 45 years later, uh, essentially. And yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm a huge fan of this one. I'm glad I was introduced to it. I am going to buy that like Arrow video uh, release that's coming out. Yeah, I think that's pretty sweet. It's 4K. I'm so excited for it. But yeah, so I'm at a buy it slash into classic. Okay. Buy it slash. Got it. It's logged in. That's it. Can't change it now. Well, we got another film coming up next week. And that is. Whose pick is it? John's pick. What are we picking, buddy? We are going to be watching A Life of Pie. Um, I love pie. I like cherry pie. I like apple. (laughs) <laughs> um, 3.14 pie all of it i like uh, i love pumpkin yeah it's a it's a it's a film that i watched in the theater and i think uh that is the best setting to see it it's unfortunate if you, yeah. you know, if you haven't seen it and you didn't get to see it in the theater that's kind of a bummer 
um, because I think it's it's just one of those movies that is we'll we'll get into it. Uh, I'm pumped. It's a it's a it's a good movie, and I'm excited to talk about it. Is this an Ang Lee film? It is. Uh, is it is an Ang Lee film. Or produced yeah. it or something like that. Okay. I believe it's Ang Lee. Uh, this was uh, he did this film after he came off of um because he did that Hulk movie. Right, and oh, that yeah. wasn't received all that well. Um, and then Which so is then, a good movie, by the way. It's not a bad movie. It's all right. I like the representation of the Hulk. I like, uh, and Eric Banner wasn't bad. It could have been better, but the I didn't like the uh, whatever. This isn't the Hulk cast, but I I didn't like the end. But but Ang Lee, yeah, he's a good filmmaker. He just uh, any he, like he's made some American films that haven't always been like they. Some of them have been taken with open arms, and then some he you know he hasn't had the best luck with like the Hulk. I guess people kind of yeah. bash that film, but. Yeah, uh, Pi, I saw it. I saw it once. Uh, I didn't get to see it in the theater, unfortunately. But yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Definitely. I've seen it. Well, Uh, we all have other projects. Uh, Heidelberg, you have another podcast. What's that called? Where can people find that? Uh, Thanks, Rob. It's called uh, Cut Above Horror Review. Uh, We are a trio, uh, me, Jacqueline, and John. Uh, John, Jacqueline, and I, I should say. Uh, We are rate and review horror movies each week. Um, We cover them all. Bad ones, good ones, whatever. Uh, and we just we just love horror. So uh, you catch us on all the podcatchers uh, cut above horror review. You can catch us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter at cut above horror and on Facebook at a cut above horror review. Rob, how about you? Oh, me. Um, I have another podcast. It's also on it's on YouTube called Circle of Jerks podcast. You can find us on uh, X at podcast COJ. And on Instagram, we are Circle of Jerks Podcast. Or you can reach out to me pretty at Robo. John, you have a quick Twitch? Yeah. So I uh, I stream old NES games. I love it. Playing through a bunch of them, beat a bunch of them. It's a real good time. Just hang out. And uh, it's a live setting, right? So you can come in and have an interaction, talk some shit. You'll get a response from me, I promise. That's twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught, one word. And then you can find me on all socials, kinetic underscore onslaught, O-N-S-L-O-T. And that will be everywhere. That's X, Instagram, all of it. Nice. And if you're a fan of the Cinemigos, Heidelberg, where can they find us? Uh, They can catch us on Instagram at Cinemigos, one word, underscore podcast. And on X slash Twitter, you can find us at Tresinemigos, T-R-E-S-C-I-N-E-M-I-G-O-S. And remember... You're standing right now with nine delegates from 100 gangs, and there's over 100 more. That's 20,000 hardcore members, 40,000 counting affiliates, and 20,000 more not organized, but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? your badges badges we ain't got no badges we don't need no badges i don't have to show you any stinking badges